Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And joining us in the studio today, we've got a very special guest. Wait, make that two guests. Introduce yourselves. Uh, Hey, I'm Brendan Halloran. Uh, I'm on a show called Space Janitors uh, that is on uh, the Geek and Sundry YouTube network. And I'm Andy Hull, and I am also featured on that same show. On that particular program. That particular program. That yeah. particular Oh, and program. you guys also write on the show, right? Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, so we write on it. Me and Andy write with uh, two other people, and yep. then uh, I'm in it. I play one of the janitors of the space janitors, and uh, Andy, I play your Andy dad. Plays, you play my the puppet version of my dad. Yeah, <laughs> is that the effect puppet you? version of your dad? Uh, well, yeah. you know, in the show, Brendan's dad is a fish man. Um, <laughs> He's a fish puppet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll have to watch That's to find me. out more. Exactly. Clearly. Please stay tuned. Do you yeah. guys want to explain what the concept of the show is? Oh, yeah, it's super simple. You can explain it in literally two seconds. We are janitors on a Death Star-like station. Yeah. Ah. It's kind of like uh, the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, right? yes. we're never involved in any of the cool main battles. It's, we're always in- involved in petty squabbles over our, our really crappy lives. Yeah, it's like <laughs> uh, it's definitely like the behind-the-scenes look at uh, life on a giant death station. It's really funny. If you guys haven't checked it out or heard of it, or if you have and for some reason you haven't watched all the episodes, which yeah. is... Go watch them all. Watch doesn't the actually make any sense. Because um, <laughs> if you watch one, I, I was like that. I was like, oh, I'll watch a couple of these. And then before I knew it, I just didn't work for two days and I just watched all of them. Um, yep. You got to just, once you start, <laughs> you well, we out. owe you some money, man. <laughs> yeah. Dude, go to work. It's okay, Josh. No, also, no, no. I was at work. Yeah. Was, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I, see, I see what's right. going on here. It's the yeah. classic two birds with one stone. Uh, and you guys are on the podcast because you guys contacted us over Twitter and turns out, you guys are also EDH slash Commander players, uh, and so we had a couple of uh, uh, game nights, and it was quite fun to play against you guys. It was really cool meshing our, our metas together for a brief moment. Absolutely. Is this the first time you guys have had fans of your show on your show? <laughs> 
Because uh, essentially, our, like most of our players, essentially, now, that's we what are this command is. zone listeners. Like, <laughs> yeah. We listen to the command. Well, zone. that's really cool because I was gonna say, is it the because we're, we're fans of your show? Yeah, there you go. Does that mean we get to be on the Space Jam next? Yeah, you know you, what? It, it does. It does. <laughs> we have Absolutely. the we have the go ahead, and we're gonna say it. Yes, you can guarantee Josh Lee White, Jimmy Wong on Space Janitors. Get, I, I somehow like think guarantees. Jimmy is uh, worth a little bit more in that equation. Than I <laughs> yes, guys, I'm afraid this price may be a little too steep. <laughs> oh, you're gonna need, a, you're gonna need to pay me. Up. You're gonna need to pay me with a couple of alliances in the next game we play. <laughs> just a, just a couple of small Here things. Whatever, you'll take a hundred dollars a day. Yeah, and you'll like it. <laughs> I'll take rules. it. Do I get food? Oh yeah, oh, the, the, food the food on set is actually. I'll the best be part there the until show. the food runs out. It's yeah. amazing, actually. The yeah. one thing, the, the one thing that's like the greatest. Yeah, that, that's true. The, the food, the craft on Space Janitors is unreal for some reason. Like I've been on movies and TV shows, and so is Brendan. And like we always say, nothing compares to the. For some reason, the food on Space Janitors. Well, anyway, now I'm super excited. You need yeah. to tell me what company you guys hired so I can hire them myself for the yeah. next thing I do. Oh my gosh. You just Go. need to tell me where set is so I can just show up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not hiring any companies. Yeah, Josh will walk in with like a walkie in one hand. And, and a backpack. Like, yeah. <laughs> Arms crossed, sunglasses, pretend like he's like doing something and just you see him sneaking baguettes into his yeah. backpack. I'll be like, look, Darth Vader. Everyone turns. Everyone will Where'd turn. Where'd the food go? <laughs> if you say that, everyone will turn. Yeah. It's like, I could have swore we had like a thousand starbursts a second ago. <laughs> so actually, we're going to do something we've never done before. We have a clip from the show. No way. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. wow. That so sounds great. Everybody can get a little taste, and then a probably sampling. what will happen, I'm assuming, is they will then pause our show, go watch all of the episodes of Space Janitor, yeah. and then and come hopefully back. come back. Hey, Mike. You ever notice when the Rebels come on board, they never shoot at us? Yeah, it's the best. They can at least acknowledge that we're here. What, by blasting us? No. A little eye contact would be nice. Maybe shoot at us and miss. You know, I think the Squall Troopers actually came closer to hitting us. The Rebels treat us like we're insignificant, but they don't even know who we are. We could be important Imperial... guys? Yeah, but it's Janitor right here, though, right? The point is, they don't know we're the true keepers of the station. We technically have access to every room on board. We tune the hyperdrive, we maintain the giant laser... Clean the barf out of the flight simulator, keep the urinal cake stocked. Yeah, for now. But I'm going somewhere. And someday, I'm going to be somebody someone's going to want to shoot at. Hey, if it's any consolation, I think you already should be shot. Thanks, man. That was not a compliment. So should we prepare a conversation for them by the time they hit play on this again? Like, and they've grown out like two days of facial hair? <laughs> yeah. Or we should just prepare like a razor and some. <laughs> our, episodes, yeah. our episodes are eight minutes long, everyone. Yeah. So yeah. you'll be back there's through how, in a cool there's how many seasons minutes. Now? Yeah. There's four, I think. Three seasons. Three seasons. Three seasons. I'm seasons. wanting a fourth thing yeah. because that's the one that we're going to be. That's in. the one. Exactly. Yeah. When I said it took me two days, that's like I was drinking a lot of water and going to the restroom in between like every yeah. episode. So. Yeah. yeah. You slept and you had a life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like fourth season is just actually everyone sitting down and playing EDH. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that would be cool. I mean, I'm sure you guys have ideas on who uh, who each of the uh, who who's the commander that Darth Vader would play. What what is his dude? I've actually never thought of that. I I've love this question because we asked it uh, in our last week's episode about famous people you'd like to play commander with, and like Einstein came up, uh, and it was like <laughs> so. Like now we got fictional characters. Um, Obnixilis. Oh, okay, I like that too. Unshackled. Yeah. No Unshackled. The yeah. new one. Yeah, yeah. 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 No like searching, that. and if you do, you just take. A, he just chokes you out, man. Yeah, yeah there that's you go. A good call. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like uh, Lim Duel, the necromancer. Ooh. Blue black. I think Vader will be blue black. I think black, he's, but, 
limb, the, just the limb. No, he's dual. just he's black. Just black. Just yeah. black. Oh, right, that one he, is. You're right. You're right. Dies, yeah, it's three and two black. I think. Uh, the um, I was gonna say like he has to have red in him, but I guess that would be the younger version of himself had the rage. No, Darth Maul's red. Darth Maul's definitely red. Yeah. yeah. Darth okay. Maul's black. No, I'd say Darth Maul's like, like a green white token kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> really like a populate kind of guy. Yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. really. <laughs> That's great. Okay, um, so let's. Uh, Let's move on to the show. Uh, we have a good show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about, uh, I mentioned it earlier, combining metagames. So that is going to be our main topic and sort of what happens when you get two groups uh, playing together or just differences between playgroups because there's a lot of playgroups out there. You can go to your local game score and play with someone else and just have a completely different experience. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, Dragons of Tarkir, we've had some questions. We want to spoil everything, but we record the show a week before we release it usually, like four or five days. And so we're not going to get to that until our next episode. And do you Yeah, a lot of people is? have been asking us for the review and when it's going to happen. And it's actually going to happen the week after pre-release. Correct. So it'll be one week after this show. Just logistically, that's just the way we have to do it. Otherwise, we'd have to sort of do half of it and then half of it later. And yeah. then uh, it'll just yeah. get annoying. Anyway, just to... listen to the limited resources <laughs> because you don't need the EDH review for the pre-release. You need the limited yeah, exactly. resources review. So yeah, Plus, gonna... you need about eight hours to get through that. So <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, it's like spending two days watching all of Space Janitors. So <laughs> it really takes that long. Yeah. You can maybe do both at the same time. Who knows? And just absorb none of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, doing, you're just consuming so much content that your brain just shuts off. And by the end, you think you're a little smarter, hopefully. <laughs> Um, and then we're going to talk about uh, Brendan's actually commander deck, which is Xenagos, God of Rebels. So we're, the second half of the show will be a breakdown of that commander. Xenagod. Um, yeah, we haven't done one of the gods. Oh, no, we did. We did, did. Crewfix. Yeah, yeah, you did. Look at that. Andy calling me on it. I know, right? I know. I know. Wow, what True a fan. fan of the show. Jeez. You know what, Josh? Wow. God, so we're gonna embarrassing. Have to be, we're going <laughs> to be on our A game. <laughs> Usually, I don't get called out for the mistakes I made until Twitter the day after the yeah. show came out. I'm and not used like, to like during the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry, but remember in episode 12, you said that wasn't very good? I feel like the question I get every time is like, do you actually know how trample works? And I'm like, no, I don't. I just, <laughs> no, my no bad. Yeah. I'm not a judge. Sorry, guys. A um, um, couple of things really quick. One, uh, uh, I want to shout out a couple of our listeners. Uh, three of them, actually. Woo. Emma, Audrey, and Nora, who yes. are... The daughters of Mike Murphy, they live in Burnsville, Minnesota, and I understand that they listen to us um, on their drive to school. So. Yeah, which is great. Hi, so girls. Hopefully, you guys are cheering in your car right now. Uh, Mike, we answered one of Mike's questions last week, so thank you for the question. Uh, and also, I'd like to note that Emma plays an Angel's deck. Audrey is all about mono red burn. Yo, fist bump, Audrey. And Nora is a green machine. Audrey is like your soulmate, almost. Yeah, in terms of deck building? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mono yeah. red burn? She knows what's going on. That's I- what I did when I first played. Audrey must be really at home living in Burnsville, Minnesota. That's oh. actually true. That's crazy. I love that. She's Vorthosy. She's yeah. seriously Vorthosy. Yeah, yeah you works. sisters should should take a look at what Audrey's doing and take some notes, guys. Come on. And uh, girls, pay attention to the mail in the next few days because there might be something in there for you when your dad gets his prizes. Uh-oh. Yeah. A massive bill. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. yeah Sorry, exactly. the power bill's in. And I uh, wanted to touch on something else really quick before we get into the main topic. Um, GP Vegas. GP Vegas is going to be May 28th through the 31st. But where is it going to be held? It's going to be oh, held in Las Vegas. It's going to be Woo! held in uh, bah, Toledo, bah, 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 Ohio. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> For some reason, we're calling it Grand Prix. We're taking it to Burnsville, guys. <laughs> um, so we've, we've had a lot of contact with our listeners recently. We want, I wanted to talk about this really quick because I want everybody to know that Jimmy and I will be there. Um, oh, yeah. 
Also, our sister podcast, the guys from the the Masters of Modern, Alex and Ben, they're gonna they're planning on be there. Um, Craig our, Blanchett, our friend Craig's gonna be there. A, a whole bunch of Magic personalities will be there. But it'll be a good chance. Um, a lot of people have been like, "Oh, I'd love to play EDH with you guys." If you're ever gonna be at a GP in our area or an event, well, this is going to be a place where you can come find us, and we can have some EDH throwdowns. Yeah, maybe do some conspiracy drafts. Modern Masters 2 is going to be out. We're thinking about Com- a big... Bo- combination draft? Yeah, a big combo oh, Modern Masters 2 conspiracy draft. Uh, Andy, Brendan, I'm trying to talk them into coming. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a brief... You know, it's four hours away. We can it's make it. four hours away and only four days of straight of playing Magic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Does it sound awesome? Yeah, it's a man vacation. It's great. It sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Andy, Andy just has to fly from Toronto. That's right. That's oh, all. Right. Simple flight back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm only here visiting. The Brendan, great- Brendan lives here, at least. We're trying uh, to talk you into living, into moving here too. Yes. And the weather's actually doing most of the talking. Dude, yeah, exactly. The talking's <laughs> being done for you by Mother Nature. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's going to be a great place to come hang out with a bunch of magic personalities, including us. Um, I would encourage you if you can make it out to uh, check it out. And it's a couple months out, so I said out a lot. That's what happened there. Get mm-hmm. out there, play to your outs, and <laughs> let me tell you something. If you're going to play EDH against these guys at GP Vegas. Bring your good decks. These yeah, guys oh don't bring have killer decks, man. Yeah. Be don't bring your the game. one that you're just like, eh, I threw this together last night. We'll see what it does. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Maybe I'll bring bet. that deck. Do you guys want to talk about this? Is, this will lead us into like how you got into EDH specifically? Because I, re- I understand that you started out drafting mostly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, so what, what sort of happened to get you into this format? Well, um, you pulled a Xenagos. This format, I literally uh, I, I looked it up on the internet. And I, I, I had heard of, of this sort of format uh, called Commander or something, and I, I, uh, I had a 60-card not-standard Trostani deck because I just started out, and I pulled that in a draft. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, this, this, like, uh, this Commander thing, like, it, I, I, like it's all sort of themed. It's very theme-based. You know, that works out really well. So I put one together. I put a Trostani Commander, EDH, all, all Return of Ravnica cards because that's kind of when I started playing. Fortunately and, uh, for you, there's a you lot of from... populate and tokens in that. There's a set, ton. So. There was enough True. to make an EDH yeah. deck out of. Like honestly, it was. A... You build it from scratch or first from scratch. That's pretty straight from scratch. Actually. I went. I picked up. Uh, I eventually, like maybe even like just like a day or two later, went and grabbed a couple extra cards for it and stuff. But really, uh, yeah, I just kind of had a bunch of stuff from drafting and and built this deck and convinced uh, our other friend uh, Butler to uh, also do the same thing. And then him and I would play back and forth. And then we it just spread. Our play group just grew and and once we had something to do with our drafted cards people were wait were more into spending money on magic for some reason like right it's more fun to draft if you knew you're going to take those cards and you'll be able to turn it into yeah because like and then andy got me into it because he came up and he was like hey there's this format where we can take all of our drafted cards and you can put them (laughs) into a deck and he's like and the thing is that commons will be good in this (laughs) and and i was like oh that sounds awesome because i have a lot of commons and and these commons are kind of worthless but now they're good and that lasted for like two weeks yeah (laughs) maximum two weeks andy lied andy Andy, my commons aren't really good in this you guys keep buying cards and uh yeah buddy you gotta keep up (laughs) and by then you're too far into it too far into it if you ever wanted to know what an arms race felt like guess what that's it oh absolutely yeah yeah Yeah, then all of a sudden it's just like well i gotta i gotta go home and research because i'm my wednesday nights are awful and that's what (laughs) and and honestly that's what happened we we had we had this kind of smallish play group of edh guys there's about three of us and one night, a new guy came, and he uh, was from Calgary, and he had played with some of the guys who started the format, uh, oh, some of the Canadian guys, because I know there's some guys in Alaska and there's mm-hmm, some guys mm-hmm. in Calgary. 
anyways, he he worked at a store and he played with these guys a lot. And he 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 was pulling out like Super Friends decks and right. like tricked out like and you have your all decks. from one. I know his deck know. has like spinner rims. You're like, how is that even possible? I'm, I'm, I'm playing with a tricycle. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I had my like Simic evolving deck, and it was just I just got trampled. Of course, we you know all of us did, and then we we're like, well. If Nick's in this play group, we got to tune up. Right, <laughs> so right. we had to go out and buy a bunch of cards. And it's pretty common. That's what happens is like one person in the play group will sort of push the yeah. play group. Yeah. Somebody else might yes, be. One person ruins it for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the look on your guys' faces when you're playing. I don't think he ruined it. Uh, Not at all. Yeah, no, yeah. You guys seem like willing participants. Push the envelope. Open the door for us, really. Yeah. We are all adults with disposable incomes. <laughs> disposable, I mean. We're buying cardboard. And by disposable, I mean I dispose of it and then I don't have any. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, the cards have value, Josh. They retain it's an investment. It. This is all an investment. That's what we tell ourselves. And your mom's just shaking her head from wherever she is in the world, being like, and yeah. then, sure, investment, <laughs> whatever you say. This so is this is my child's college fund. <laughs> so this is a child's college fund. Yeah. This mm-hmm. cool thing happened, I think, that happens um, quite often when you have a play group and you play mostly with your play group and then you find somebody else who also plays and they have their play group. And mm-hmm. what happens is all of a sudden you're like, well, you should come play with us. Or they ask you to come play with them. And this really cool thing happens where all of a sudden it's like you're in this alternate universe. It's like, you know, the rules of the game, but meta meta metas between play groups can be like, they can be crazy. different. Oh, yeah, different. Absolutely. Yeah. They can be insanely different. And so, you know, this is a way to really improve actually at the game is it's just like a job or something, you know, if you've been in the same job for 20 years and then yeah. you go to a new job, it's like all of a sudden, even if it's similar, it's just a new place thinks a different way, does things a different way. And all of a sudden you feel like you, you were narrow. Yeah. Whereas if you worked at like five jobs over four years at different places, you know, first of all, you're doing something wrong because you're getting fired a lot, but also, <laughs> or you're just quitting a bunch. You just know, you just know a lot of different ways to, you know, solve problems or think different ways around things. Cause you've been exposed right. to like, Oh, at this place, they thought this way. In this other place, they think this way. And now I come in contact with a problem and I have two ways to tackle it, right? Right. So it's it's very similar to that. I really like mixing playgroups. I really like going and playing with other playgroups. Something Jimmy and I have been doing a lot recently. And uh, it was really nice to have you guys come in because, honestly, I learned a lot from that too. Um, oh, we'll get yeah. into that. But this is a way to sort of not stagnate because if you're with five or six of the same people playing all the time, only them, it can get really insulated and it can get really... Oh, yeah. Super meta, super specific. You yeah. Know? These guys all have, you know, graveyard decks, so like half your deck is graveyard hate. And it's like, right, you can't exactly. bring that to another playgroup. It's just not going to work, you know? Well, yeah, because they might not have any graveyard exactly. synergy and all of a sudden, like, half of your answers are like, whoa, I don't even need this card. <laughs> yeah. This card does nothing. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 good just to see. And then you're going to take something from that playgroup that you just played against and be like, oh, they're doing this. Bring it to you. back to your playgroup. And all of a sudden, like, your playgroup is like, mind blown. What? You can <laughs> yeah. do that? Yeah, absolutely. You know? So yeah, you can attack with creatures. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Traditional like, yeah. damage to death. <laughs> uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting when I played was uh, we see a lot of deck lists, and like people are like, "Can I see your deck list?" I'm like, "Sure," but that like I think a deck list is really not a deck if you if you think about it because it requires you to play against it, and you don't see a lot of the synergies when they're listed out by creatures, spell, enchantment because each of those cards, like if you had to draw lines between each of them, it would just be this huge mesh of stuff, and it's hard to understand unless you play against a certain deck. So. Playing against you guys was great because I, we were able, like, I was able to see like Zendigos like really go off in the way that I wouldn't have been able to visualize if I just saw like five separate cards on the screen. Mm. It really helps a lot to play against the deck because when you see a card actually played against you and you, you watch the interaction happen, it kind of opens up your horizons. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, 
I love it when you have a deck and you're like, oh, this 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 is a two card combo, or like not infinite necessarily, but like this is a two card combo that works. Oh, and this one also works with this, and it also works into these three cards together. And then that's that's like building that spider web of a deck is my spider web is a really good way to put it. Yeah. And I think when you're building synergy within your deck, you're kind of you want that spider web, right? It's it's like when there's only two interactions, and then you put a third one in there. It's just not strong enough to hold anything. Mm-hmm. And then as you keep crisscrossing that spider web, and now it can really hold you know your deck, and it can really hold the amount of power you need to like win yeah. win games. So, Absolutely, yeah. Also gives you that flexibility. It. So it's like if you're not drawing the things that you need to see, you at least have a different side strategy or something like that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a really good point. Is like a lot of decks, not every deck, but they're gonna want another. They're gonna want a main way to win. And then maybe one or two other ways that they could win if the bad thing happens and they tuck your general or they ex- they exile that one card that you really need or yeah. you know or they put out the one enchantment that just shuts down your deck. So yeah, um, one of the things just to get it started that I noticed immediately when you guys sat down that was different than our playgroup and our playgroup maybe wasn't used to is you were using the gods. Yeah, um, you know, Andy, you had an Afara deck. Yeah, and Brendan, you played the Xenagos deck a couple times mm-hmm. and. You know, I think one of the advantages of the way you guys came into the game, which is through draft, kind of recently in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. your uh, decks both seem to embrace the newer cards of maybe faster than our than our group had. You know, our group had been playing for a little while, and so when new cards come in, you take a couple of them. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but you're naturally were sort of motivated to use a lot more of the new cards. And so not just the gods, but a few of the other cards, I was like, man... I should have thought of using that card, but I sort of wrote it off and never looked at it again. And because you were sort of, you know, that was your card pool. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. It was pretty, you know, there were some advantages to be gained. The gods themselves are just, if you're not ready for them, they're very hard to deal with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think a lot of it comes from, from like, my decks come from uh, the fact that I'm constantly building them and I can't stop. <laughs> uh, like I, 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 I feel I, you, brother. I, I feel always, you. I'm One's always... One's done, on to the next, kind of? Like, like, if a set doesn't have good, like, good commander legendary creatures in it, I'm, I'm kind of like... Yeah, yeah, I don't really care though, because you know, and and honestly, uh, this uh, cons of Tarkir, oh my gosh, uh, had some Filled. really great ones, right? Like yeah. really cool ones. But here's the thing: like they're good, they're three color, they're generals, but like they're not necessarily super strong uh, on their own, right? Like Anafenza is great, against- except Narset. Yeah, yeah, and Nars- Narset is the one I was like, okay, maybe I'll do Narset. Like, I'll, I'll takes, do that. It really just takes one more to hexproof, and your power and level and EDH jumps like exactly. four notches. You have so many options with her, too. There's yeah. a, lot, a lot of stuff you can do with it. I like that. But, like, Sidisi is like, okay, it's a graveyard-style deck, but it's just it's spitting out a couple tokens. I mean, you can you can uh, amplify that that ability yeah. to make it very good, but, like, on its own. So I was looking for something, like, really broken and bonkers, and I, and I, didn't, I didn't find it, but um, I still... I still um, have Sidisi, and I still have. Uh, I am. Still, I'm working on a nurse. I'm looking deck, forward so. to building a Sidisi slash Tysiger deck because the I've never built in those colors. So I, what I really liked about these sets specifically is that a, I think like one for Vorthos and for storytelling, like have more legendary creatures because they're going to be the protagonist or the mm-hmm. antagonist of your story or whatever, and. Wizards is themselves a great service, I think, because it's also like, look, now you're also opening up more three-color combinations. You're giving them names for yes. every EDH player out there that looks at a legendary creature and immediately ticks it up a little bit more in their book because it says a legend or whatever next to it. Definitely. So, so yeah, like I, I've been, I'm always on the lookout for that, and I tend to, you know, um, because we we draft a fair amount, 
we're, we're lucky where we have like a group of eight or nine guys who we can usually get about six of them together and draft. You guys seem to have the same thing going on here. Like not everyone has that. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. lucky to have that. And, and so we draft a, a decent amount and, and try and actively use those. We'll go buy singles also, of course. But um, I think we we have more room for those kinds of cards. I have the other decks that I've tried to uh, really tune up. And I'm, I'm always looking to put a new card in. And then I'm just like, yeah, but it's just not good enough. Right? And that <laughs> yeah. happens, right? Like, right. that happens. Yeah, and building through the draft, it forces you to be a little bit more uh, creative, yeah. too. And mm-hmm. it makes it forces you to think about cards in a different way. Like, I only have a Xenagos deck because I drafted a Xenagos. And I was like, well, I like, guess technically I could make a deck of, of this. Right. And then just mashed a whole bunch of things together because I don't want to like I don't really want to go out and spend a hundred bucks on cards yeah. if I don't have to. Right. So a lot of it just comes through of just like okay, well I drafted these things now I need to offset some of the stuff that's terrible in here, but then eh, hopefully you can get it up to up to speed there. Yeah. Well, and Xenagos is one of those generals I think you know looking at your deck and it was very powerful when we played. Um, it's not expensive to build that deck at all. So this is going to be a good episode. Uh, when we break down that deck for people that you know don't have don't want to spend a ton of money, which yeah. I think is most people, you know, nobody wants to just go out and drop six hundred dollars yeah. to build a deck from scratch, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So Especially it's nice to they're... just go out and, and like you need Xenagos and maybe like fifty bucks, and this deck will be able to stand toe to toe with most things out there, yeah. um, you know, which is which is great, and that's a great thing about our format is like yeah. you know we've said this many times, and we get a lot of emails from people saying. Oh, I've got a friend in my playgroup, and he just outspends everybody. And how do we beat him? And it's like I'm like, listen, if you just see the amount of dollar signs that they spend and think that they're automatically winning, like you're doing it wrong. Right. You know, there's yeah. a lot of cards for our format that are very inexpensive. That you know, do the things you need to do. Oh, absolutely. And, and specifically, deal with the cards that cost much more. Oh than yeah. The ones Almost every buying. card that deals with a card, the card dealing with it is way is one tenth the price of the yeah. card it's dealing yeah. with. So. Right, and plus the fact that you're largely playing in like a group setting too. If one guy's going off, then three other people are going to be like, "Well, we're, we'll we'll all team up and stop him." Yeah, yeah. So right, right. Just necessarily well, having the most overpowered deck doesn't mean you're even going to win because everyone's out for you. Because yep. it's a self-policing format, we like exactly. to say. And you know, that's an interesting thing. I'm glad you brought that up because another big difference I saw when we played was politics. Mm-hmm. Like we're super political. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, our group, guys, yeah. our we're group, rolling dice to see who gets hit first. Just oh, like man. we're even just, until we, you die. We just talk the whole time. We're always trying to convince at least a. <laughs> like yeah. I don't think there's. And I will say this about you, uh, Josh. You are one of the finest talkers that I <laughs> yeah. have seen in any game of Magic. <laughs> no question. Because I had I had my move all in my head, and then all of a sudden you started talking to me, and I was like, "Is this guy like like putting a spell on me or something?" And now I, don't, I don't know that I want to do that. I mean, maybe I do want to attack Jimmy. You know, I don't know. Yeah, and then all of a sudden I'm dead. And Josh is sitting there like, that was a good idea. (laughs) As he flicks through his cards, I'm like, oh, come on. You you are so good at convincing people that, and and it's almost like like, you're, you're intense about it during the game, and I'm like, Oh man, man, Josh doesn't want me to attack him. Like, okay, I guess I won't. Like, oh man, like, but then after it's like, ah, yeah, great move, man. It's like, oh wow, I I got played. I got a fiddle. Yeah, I got played. (laughs) You're getting played by these guys. Back home, it's like we, you know, we get four or five guys sitting around. It's like, well, you are you're doing the best right now, so I'm going to attack you. And everyone's like, fair enough, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's true. It's a lot more. No, we're not like that. that There's a lot more more convoluted in our group too. There's a lot more just like I'm coming after you. I hate you so much. I hate you. Everything you got. Yeah, you got to mitigate that hate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes yeah. That'll, that'll happen occasionally in our group. I feel like everyone is always so invested in the idea that a few words could get them out of a loss that it's like, 
all right, great. I'm going to launch a presidential campaign so I yep. don't die right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that we're in L.A. Everybody's like dabbled in acting or improv yeah, or yeah, something. So every person story. thinks that they're like charismatic enough to. And <laughs> as a result, they are. Yeah. And yep. so, yeah. And I, I, I love the idea that you're going to go back to your playgroup now and you're going to use all these tricks that well, you've seen because that will spread it to them. They'll start doing it. And like yeah. the politics of EDH is really what puts it in the level of like awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. just sitting there playing your cards is great. But when you're like playing the people and like literally trying to Jedi mind trick people into doing the things that you need them to do, like that's where the game, it sort of takes on like live action role playing a little bit. It's yeah. weird because I, I honestly think uh, the the way our playgroup has evolved with the, the politics side mm-hmm. of things directly has to do with us playing the Battlestar Galactica board game. <laughs> oh, that is an amazing comparison. The finest board yes. game there is. Finest board game there is. There's it's so all much politics. politics in it's that. all yeah. trying to convince Deception. people you're 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 helping when you're not mm-hmm. that you're kind not of thing. Salon. So it, it honestly though, it's gotten to the point with us where we're all very good at this game now. We all know each other's ticks and we all know each other's you know spiels. That it's like it's like you know I'll try and talk to Scott about something. He'll be like. Don't even bother. I know exactly what you're going to say, <laughs> and you don't even need to say anything. Yeah. I know how you play. Yeah, you guys, exactly. should, you guys should try Resistance if you've never played that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I have that. Oh, nice. I have Resistance, so we have played that. Resistance yeah. is Resistance a Resistance is like well. the 15-minute Battlestar Galactica. Like, if you don't have four hours yeah. to commit yes, to a yeah, Battlestar yeah. game. Yeah. Even, I, yeah. Well, when I was pl- first learning to play Magic, we my group, play group, I mean, they didn't have games like Resistance and stuff then, but we play Mafia all the time because oh, you yeah. need a board game. And that's, I think, where it comes from is like at that same time, we were playing both those games like all the time. And so it was just natural for like Mafia to sort of, we didn't have Commander at the time either. We would just play with 60 card decks, but with five guys. You oh, know? really? You, you played multiplayer with 60? Yeah, it was just free for all, oh, really? but yeah. 60, player, sure. 60 card decks because we didn't know. There was no Commander. I don't even know if Legends was even out yet. So there might not have been any legendary creatures. But Back in the day. Yeah. I mean, the format obviously didn't exist, but we were still playing multiplayer, and the political aspect was really oh, wow. you know, something we latched onto from an early from an early point, and uh, it's super fun. I'm um, just a big advocate of the... Uh, the I'm going to call it the custom Josh Lee Kwai move, which is the... Man, things aren't going so good right now for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It seems like you got a lot of stuff out there. No, it's like, no, nah. it's just like, if you it, could see what I see back here... Yeah, uh, like, you, know. you like wave the cards in front of their face. Yeah. They're like, I don't know. I think you're actually... I think you won the game. You're like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. You, you know. know what, though? It's, it's, I mean, it's, this combo's it's, only infinite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's easier to do that, though, when you're playing against new people. Like, when, when we played... Uh, the first night we played Commander, mm-hmm. we... we We'd never seen. Not only are your decks different from the commanders that they that they have, right? Like right. I'm thinking specifically the um, uh, Riku and the oh, Chromat, right. Riku right? and Chromat. Yeah. yeah, every every one of Josh's decks are, is never representative represented by the commander specifically. And, and your Anafenza too, to to uh, yeah. to an extent, right? Like, so we're seeing these commanders, and we're like, okay, I guess I can know what to expect from there. But then it's different, right? And on top of that, it's like you don't know anyone's commander deck, anyways, when you sit right. down with them if you've For never the played them before. Time, yeah. So it's like you're you're putting out t- uh, two out of three pieces of an infinite combo that's going to destroy everyone. But like we're like, okay, well, I'm not really familiar with those cards, so yeah, okay, that, they look fine to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> then, what's that one doing? Yes, yes, that doesn't seem bad. Yeah. It, just, it just does this, you know. Yeah. And, and we're like, oh uh, yeah, okay, fine. And I know because I've done that move exactly. I've, I've done that move <laughs> so many times. It's like, oh, this guy, uh, he just taps for you know. Whatever. Well, I gotta so, say, like, yeah, we're of course licking our chops when you guys sit down because I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, they don't, know, they have no idea, yeah, so I can just yeah. convince them of anything. Yeah. Because they don't. And know. at the same time, we're sitting down there too, and I'm doing things that, like, if we were in our other play group, I was just like, oh, I would never be able to do this. 
someone yeah. would stop me yeah. surely for doing yeah. this, but then you're just like, okay, well, went through. Like, you're like, what? Yeah, well, the first time you like threw down the axe and someone died, it was like, oh, we should probably deal with this yeah. now. Right. But it's like too little, too late, boys. Too little, too late. Here comes in the ghost. Oh, but you also. Um, like I was got off to a hot start in that first game. I was like, things are going very well for yeah. me. And then yes. all of a sudden it comes around to Jimmy and he just looks down, fills with his cards for a little second. And then he looks up to me and he goes, well, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't, but how, but how? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. I have to kill you. Yeah. 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 Cause otherwise you were literally going to kill yeah. everyone. Yeah. So or, or more specifically me. Well, and it put me in the really tough position. Cause I was like, well, if I don't kill him, I'm, he's going to kill me. If I do kill him, Everyone else is going to kill me because now I'm when tapped you're, out. When you're playing with new people and that deck is very much in a, like, even if you have nothing else on the board, it can just do 20 damage to you if you if you can't, you know, mm-hmm. then you almost have to kill that guy because you don't know him well enough to know which person he's going to attack. Yeah. So you don't know if, when you're safe or not. So it's like, well, I, I, nobody else that I, can, that I know right now can just kill me out of nowhere except that deck. So I have to. Um so I think that kind of hurt you that time. Although you'd hit, I think you'd hit him for like thirty damage. Or yeah, yeah you'd, I was, I was already. No, on the I was the victim. Death. Everyone, I was the victim. <laughs> You're just throwing haymakers. That's all Xenagos does. Speaking of that deck specifically, one of the things that was very different was the speed of each other's decks. Um, and your Xenagos deck was all about ramping and getting out lethal very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that is definitely going to always be the one factor that goes up or down based on whether or not like a different play group because everyone has is used to like oh yeah turn four kills are just normal or like oh no no we wait until turn nine because everyone's trying to do some more crazy dirtly stuff but that is going to be i think the biggest difference and that's sort of like the defining factor of what makes like legacy so competitive because it's like you have to have creatures that are below three cmc otherwise you're just unrealistically not castable because you might just die before then so it's interesting with edh i found that your deck was nice it was sort of right in the middle where Everyone's still getting their stuff out. They're happy to get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that's going to stop them is something that can trample and just murder them in the face. Because yeah. that's the big thing that your deck is able to just sort of cleave someone in half. Yeah, and if it's going very well, it happens, you know, fairly quickly. But still, it takes a lot. There's a lot of lands and, and things that need to come out first. Yeah, I feel like it needs to, it needs to go in the right uh, order yeah. <laughs> very much so for that deck. But um, but overall, it's it's pretty fast, right? Like. And I built it as a response to, you know, A, because I had it, but then B, also because, like, in our play group, I was noticing that things were starting to slow down more, and I was yeah. like, well, yeah. it, the longer I get these games go on, I'm not winning as much, so what if I just built something that was, like, had to be dealt with now? Yeah. That's a really smart thing, uh, is to attack your meta that way, and I think mm. people can learn a lot from that idea. And as, uh, on the other side of that, sometimes a meta is really fast. And you can be like, okay, well, I'm not going to win with a fast deck, but I can build the type of deck that just has enough tools to last until later. Yeah. And then, you know, and you can build your deck the opposite way Walls, and slow baby. your... Yeah, you, it's <laughs> Pillow Fort, you know, that's what yeah. they call it. And um, I think our playgroups were nicely matched in that area because we have Craig in our meta who likes to play a lot of Infect. Right. And oh, Jimmy yeah. has a couple fast fast decks. And so, you know, the Xenagos deck is very fast. And it just so happened that... Our playgroup's also used to like stuff swinging at you for a lot of damage on turn four or so. So, you know, we had enough tools to at least stand a chance against it. But I think that that type of deck in a lot of playgroups would come in and just destroy them. Oh, yeah. Because if your meta is just a little bit slower, you're just not ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that can happen. And, and don't let that frustrate you when you go to another playgroup and play with them. And the, for whatever reason, your meta matches up in a way where your decks are just sort of getting destroyed. You know, that's a good, just take those lessons, yeah. improve yeah. your decks, bring it back to your playgroup. You know, I think people are, well, I'm always preaching about people just like keeping perspective 
and like, hey, you lose a game to an infinite combo, like, don't freak out and yell at the guy. It's one game, you know. <laughs> it's one it's, game and it's over. Now you get to play again. It's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if the guy does it like every time, five games in a row, sure, sure, maybe you got a leg to stand on. Just you know, try and keep perspective. Yeah, it sucks to lose, but usually after you lose, if you just take one step back and be like. It was one game of Magic. How many games of Magic am I going to play in my life? Does it really matter? I'd rather play more than less as well. If yeah. it ends it faster, then all the better. Just and, breathe, everyone. Yeah, and like this, this, this is a format where aggressive decks are kind of hard to pull off, right? Like mm-hmm. you got to have a very specific. Like you're either a, a Voltron style commander, and you're gonna, mm-hmm. and you can get that off quickly, uh, or you've got something like Xenagos, or you've got some kind of like I, I built a, a, a soldiers themed. You know, tribal token. Deck, tribal, uh-huh. yeah. Just go after it, and like I was like, well, there's no one, no one in our our playgroup has a has an aggressive deck, so let's tr- let's see how this works. An aggressive kind of little, you know, white weenie deck, and it, and it it worked for a bit, and then everyone was like, I'm gonna hose that deck pretty hard now, and yeah. <laughs> I don't play <laughs> that deck. That's, that that's much when anymore. you know, also, you're in a really good playgroup, though. Yes, is, if you create a deck that is is attacking from a certain angle that they're not ready for, and, and it has success, and then. It continues to have a success and continues and continues and continues. Then your playgroup's probably maybe not super healthy because they're not actually adjusting, right? You know, which means the people in your playgroup are probably not like, you know, they're not going on gatherer and looking for cards that like kill all tokens or cards that like, yeah. you know, stop big creatures from hitting them. You know, and and you want that playgroup. You want the playgroup that's constantly evolving. You know, and so that you have to change your decks and they have to change theirs, and that way it doesn't stagnate. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's one thing. Our, our, our I'd say. Well, I'd say our, our playgroup's good at a bunch of stuff, but definitely uh, adjusting mm-hmm. is, is something yeah. that everyone's quite good at. Now, I wanted to talk about the quote unquote mean quotient because I did feel like our decks were a lot meaner. Your decks yeah. were mean. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And then we start wrecking lands. I think that's like oh that's mean true. quotient. Up, yeah. We didn't quite go there, although no, no. we it, will it occasionally. Have, yeah. Our. our <laughs> Our EDH knights themselves will escalate. Like you yeah. know, somebody will win, and then somebody will pull out <laughs> so a slightly true. better deck, and right. then they'll win. And then by the f- fourth game of the night, like everyone's playing the meanest deck they got, which <laughs> has Armageddon and, and Infact and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, I did feel by like the third game. Well, this is going to attack two things. One is I felt like I. It was funny because I'm analyzing the whole time. Like, okay, what's their what's their meta look like mm-hmm. in my head? I was just sort of building it based on what I saw, and and I was like, it didn't feel like there's a lot of wraths. Uh, right. A lot That's of board right, wipe yeah. effects. And so I the last deck I pulled out was a deck that like it doesn't do good against Wraths. Yeah. Right. But I was like, oh, this is great, because you know, there's four decks at the table mm-hmm. and two of them don't have very many wraths in them. Yeah. So that was a way that I sort of Until someone drew a wrath, which was Well, and That's Jim true. I, I still yeah. That was me, right? I drew yeah, a route, yeah, route. Instant yeah. speed wrath. Instant speed pretty, route. And yeah. I was like, ah, I was gonna win, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, yeah, yeah. But that's another thing to think about. Like, that's another like we think of our meta and it's like, oh, everybody's got wraths and therefore like you can only play certain decks and build certain decks. But when you go play yeah. with another play group, all of a sudden, maybe they don't do that thing that you're used to. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like a deck that wouldn't work very good works really good. Yeah. You get to change your play style up too. Cause it's like, wait, no wraths. I'm just going to put, I'm going to unload onto the board. Yeah. Normally I hold some back. So how, how many, we had this discussion that night, but how many wraths would you guys say on average you have in your decks? I don't think I have a single deck that doesn't have at least five. Five. Right. Wow, five, right. yeah. Yeah. What I realized the <clears throat> other night is that I might have I, one actually. I need to put more in and then I need and there needs to be a Nev's disc in every one of my decks. Because there's so many times when it's like if you aren't able to get rid of just it's like you want decimate, right? Decimate's a card we'll probably talk about in a little bit, but like you want to get rid of multiple things. Like if you can't actually destroy everything that you need to, you're probably gonna lose a lot of the percentage of the game. So like I run like three to four probably. I mean yeah. I 
Go ahead. That, that sounds like uh, that sounds like more on par with what we have going on. I know that at that particular game, I think Scott was playing a Nekusar. You were playing your uh, Xenagos, which only has like two or something, right? I think it has one. Yeah, Scott Blasphemous only has well, green Scott and has red. None. Yeah, it's not yeah. the best color. Yeah, I saw you pull out Blasphemous Act once. I yeah, figured that, that was and I put that one. in right before I came here too. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm gonna need one of these. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 pretty much. No, I have I have a few decks that have like it, closer to eight. See that's 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 so much because right? it's the only thing you have when you're losing and you're so often losing in yeah. EDH. Like if you sit down with five people, then eighty percent of the time, the time you're yeah. losing. Like, that's true. That's you true. know, and that's the reset button. And those are they're just so good. And so I think that yeah, it's probably a thing that that a lot of people out there are probably running too few. I would say, um, I th- I and, th- and those things work in every situation. So no matter what meta you're at, hey, if you play a deck. With you know a lot of little tokens or a few big guys or one Voltroni creature or blah blah blah, the wrath works. Yeah, yeah, right. So the only ones it's not good against are decks that don't play very many creatures, and even those Narset, uh, Jaleva, still good. Those type you still need to get rid of Narset or Jaleva, and, and that's a, what and a, and a wrath does that. And that's what one deck you're playing out of the four that are the other four yeah. that are there with you. You know what I mean? So like it's going to be good. Literally, yeah. like four out of five players. And Andy, right? correct, like correct me if I'm wrong, but like it seems like our group plays less uh, wraths, but then more counter spells. Mm, interesting. That's interesting. I don't know. Maybe it, dep- it depends on certain decks. But I think at first we, no, we never played any counter spells. Right. We didn't play any counter spells. I remember because they're all not putting, good and limited. I remember us all putting right. tuck, but yeah, tuck, tuck spells in like condemn and stuff like that. And then at one point, uh, my friend Butler and I we realized we'd taken them all out of our deck for some reason. Why? I, be, I don't know. Because we were like, they're yeah, so good against I'd rather the gods. be something fun. It's sort of a mutual decision. <laughs> it's like I'd rather keep playing more stuff. Than, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. We're, stop we're someone else. We're right? just, it's, that, it's that classic like new Magic player thing where it's like, well, I can put more stuff in it though. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like eventually now we we have more answers. And you're right, Brenda. We have more counter spells. Mm-hmm. We definitely have more wraths, but like still not as much as like you might look at a deck and be like, well, this could use at least another three, you know, Wrath of God effects. But mm-hmm. but we have that less, and it creates. Um, so, like crazier board states almost yeah. and and the games are oddly enough i think a bit shorter because of it because mm, if you, you you can wrath and then like okay well now we're all starting back over again yeah, yeah wrath, wrath, have someone else wraths and it's like yeah um but that's the same thing that guy came into our play group uh our, our friend nick and he had loaded with the uh, with wraths and every game we were like oh man what are we gonna do about this? Start three times Did you guys know there game? was a card that could kill every creature <laughs> on the yeah. table at the same time we just opened <laughs> our eyes one. to so many things yeah, yeah. I think the one thing about Wraths that is an easy sort of trick to fall into is that because you're doing it, you're killing your stuff your stuff as well most of the time for cheaper Wraths. Like, when you get above, like, eight mana, then sure, you're getting rid of other people's stuff instead of yours. But I think there's just a fear of, like, but I built my board up. These are the cards I paid for. I don't want to just get rid of them. I'd rather win with this and not have to wipe the board. But yeah, there's there's fear of killing oh, yeah. your own stuff. Yeah. I think people worry about downsides like that it's way too much. much. Yeah, you can't you can't put an emphasis on it because it doesn't help you win more games in the yeah. end. You know, you know what I, I I I of course had that exact same fear when I first started playing and first seeing those those types of cards and was like, why would I want to kill my own stuff? Yeah. You yeah, know what right? I mean? Um but then like I you never think of especially when you're a new player, you're like, yeah, but I choose when this gets to be played. Yep. Yeah. So I'll just hold back on my creatures. These guys will go to town. They think I'm falling behind. So generally in our play group, if you're, f- I notice this is the opposite with you guys though. It's like if someone's falling behind and not doing too well, you know they're stumbling on lands. 
we tend to leave that guy alone and go like, oh, okay. Like you're, and, but like we're playing that multiplayer draft that we did. I was like, oh, I'm the weakest player here, so everyone attack him and kill him right away. It's like, yeah. makes sense. Step on his neck. I get it. But like, yeah. So that's where so the politics just, come in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you can hold back line. and hold back that wrath and play at the, at the right time for you. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention with EDH, you can often play a wrath and then you have some of the mana rocks or whatever else out. You can float all that mana before if you're wiping everything or you just play stuff after. Yeah. And that's that's the big thing is being able to recover from your own wrath or just you know, like crapped out your hand. Just because you draw a card in your hand and you have the mana to play it doesn't mean you have to necessarily play it. Like, yeah. You have to, that's a definitely a more skillful thing is like learning how to hold stuff back at the right moments. Yes. One last thing I wanted to touch on, and it wasn't a huge issue, but I remember, I remember that Scott, we should mention Scott. Uh, Scott Yamamura played with us. Yeah. Scott a. Who's also on the show. That's uh, right. Sorry. I space think I like janitors, Scott's not space janitors. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a, uh, is he the bartender or the? Yeah, he's the bartender. In the third season, season we made him the bartender and we gave him a cape. So he had a cape. Yeah, he has a cape. Kind of like a Lando cape. A Lando yeah. cape. Yeah, yeah. Very oh much yeah, a Lando he was dressed as Lando. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. But he's the clone, which means the he's the smooth trooper. one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. So he had a Nekusar deck, which is made him my best friend. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but I did remember he mentioned at some point he was like, "Man, you guys play really fast," and that was something I remember when um when I, back in the day. When I was first playing multiplayer in a 60-card decks, I remember going to another playgroup, and they just played super fast, and I was so like, holy crap. Like, Can't keep up. Yeah, but there. No, well, not just that, but just like, oh, what, man. What do my cards do? What does this yeah, say? I what need are to these have, words? But it made me so much better because I would realize I have to plan out what I'm going to do and mm-hmm. think about that stuff, not just like sit there, you know, look at the TV, and then, oh, it's my turn, and then look. Like, yeah. you know, that it, it was it's Yeah, very I'm awful for that kind of stuff. We do play slower. We always want to play faster, but yeah. like even like speaking for myself, I'm I just sit there and I will stare at cards and go like, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? <laughs> you guys and were I'm pretty like, good. I, I'd and say I catch myself and go like, just do something. <laughs> you guys were. I, I think you fell into the rhythm of it pretty early on. Uh, I felt like at first I could tell, and then by the second game, I, I felt like oh, they they've already they've already sort of matched our speed. Playing faster, you know, it's it's better for everyone. You might make a few mistakes, but you know what? Mistakes make it interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll get better at it. It's just like anything in life. Like, yeah, exactly. As you do it more, you'll get better at it, and you'll get better at sequencing. So it's better to sort of force yourself to play faster, and you're going to throw away some games as you're, as you're first doing that, just as you're first doing anything. But then that's just an investment for later when you're going to be able to play faster at the same skill level. You're going to learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd rather make my mistakes earlier than later, if that makes sense as it well. It does, yeah. Plus, again, like playing your deck more often means you get to learn it better. You get to figure out what you don't like and do like, and what works in your meta. And that every little bit of information you can get about your deck, the better. Like, and then you can look back if you played fast and be like, should I play that in turn three or should I have waited for this or whatever? I couldn't predict that was coming out, so I did make the right play. So it's always nice to be able to look in retrospect. And I think speed of play, paying attention to stuff like that, is like very. Just helpful in the long run, at the very least. Also, a lot of the complaint about the format is just how slow it is. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, the things they dislike about the game or about the format aren't even, they don't dislike the the, the effect itself. They dislike that it slows the game down. Yeah. So just playing fast alleviates that. So a lot of times if you're worried like, oh, if I play this, they'll get mad at me or blah, blah, blah. Well, if you're playing fast in general, they won't. Even if the thing you're doing they dislike, a lot of times it's like, well, at least we're done with that game and we're on to the next game, you know? It's just that if the thing you're doing also you have to think about for a long time, then you might, you know, some people might get a little bit irritated. Whenever I've asked people at like an FNM or something, if they play Commander, 
And if their answer is no, it's always because I don't want to be sitting and playing one game of Magic for two hours. Right. Like, Interesting. Yeah. And it's like, Willie, that's all I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm yeah. into that. It's not the quality or quantity, man. It's the quality. Exactly. It gives yeah. me that same sort of feel you get with like, like a LARPing, what we were talking about, or D&D, where it's like you get to live out a storyline in this little mini universe you make per each game. And it's always fascinating. It's always interesting. And even if you don't come out on top, it's, I mean, I find like watching a game and being the person that now knows what's in the other person's hand and be like, wow, what would I do here? Is almost just as interesting as playing your own deck sometimes. One challenge I would give to listeners out there is maybe next time you're with your play group, just challenge everybody to play super fast and yeah. not worry about who wins that game. And just do that a couple times. I guarantee that will make your play group a lot better in the long run. Yeah, for sure. It'd, It'd be really like, fun to like set a, an actual clock that counts down to an alarm for like <laughs> one of those chess <laughs> things where you got to hit it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like you only have you only have a certain amount of time, or like yeah. you only have fifteen seconds for yeah. each thing, and then, oh, then it's on to the next person's move. And you're like, okay. It'll just teach you to plan ahead, right? That's all yeah, exactly. Actually, it might be really fun. And you don't do that all the time. You just do it a couple of times, and yeah. then it's like when people walk around with you know, like you've ever seen basketball players, and they pl- they're practicing with like a slightly over large ball or they're putting right. ankle weights on. Yeah. It's not because they're going to play the game that way, but it makes when they play the actual game, it makes it feel like that ball is so much smaller. It's so much easier to shoot it. Or they're so much lighter, they can jump so much higher. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's it's a mental thing, and I think you can accomplish the same thing. So, something to try out anyway. Yeah. Just don't cast Warp World, because that slows the game down to... But I love Warp World. ...a meandering tower shell level of speed. <laughs> also, like, try, turtle, playing turtle. With, try playing turtle. with oversized cards. That'll make the cards <laughs> seem smaller and easier uh, to handle. I like that advice. Can up your dexterity. Easier to read. <laughs> yeah, my forearms after each game are just, I'm just like so pumped. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, I got to say this. We have a friend who uh, keeps ordering this one card for his uh, his Jorkadine commander deck. Uh, Butler's probably listening to this. He has ordered the same oversized card what? like three times from this one website. He keeps accidentally ordering an oversized <laughs> one. And it's so funny. He has like two or three copies of this huge. It's so uh, I Just it look like... at what it says, man. It's, it's right there. What you know? card is it? Uh, I can't remember the name of it because uh, I think it might also be in French too. So there's another burn on <laughs> So he's getting all the versions. Well, you guys of live in Toronto. We, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. It's easy to order. We order, order from, from the Quebec uh, site face to face. So like, there's a, they have all these French cards. Anyways, it's the it's a red card with like you get to tutor a, and and uh, uh, equipment or it something. It has to be a commander, right? Because it it's a legendary oversized. character. Yeah, yeah a legendary creature rather. Um, I don't remember the name. Oh, it's a uh, Godos. That's it. That's Godos, exactly yeah, barbarian. Yeah. He's a yeah. Interesting. I and thought it was like chaos confetti because he just kept tearing it up and you needed a new one each time. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Oversized chaos orb. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Touch yeah. everything. Touch everything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. everything. Uh, short little inter- uh, story here. I When we first playing, chaos orb was a thing. And so oh, when wow. I learned to play, I learned to play by spreading my cards out. So every land had to be at least like four inches from the other land because you didn't want a chaos orb to accidentally hit everything. It was the worst thing it's ever. It's so funny. I was thinking That's about so this the stupid. other day. I was like, because, yeah, why don't you read chaos orb for those newer players who don't know it? Um, so it's, it's, it's a banned in everything. Yeah. And it's on the reserve list, so yeah. they can't print it again. But. It's a two drop artifact that you can tap it for one. And it says if chaos orb is on the battlefield, flip chaos orb onto the battlefield from a height of at least one foot. <laughs> If Chaos Orb turns over completely at least once during the flip, destroy all non-token permanents it touches, then destroy Chaos Orb. So, in English, what this means is you hold it above the table, you flip it down onto your your opponent's cards, 
and whatever it lands on, whatever it's touching, it destroys that. But like, only if whatever it's, it's, only if it's physically made a full touching. Flip, yeah, right? it has, it has to make to one full rotation. Yeah. The way you'd hold it with one hand and then hit it with your other hand, so you'd make sure it flipped once. Did you practice chaos or? Oh yeah, flips? yeah. We would practice so it a lot. Funny. Um, try to aim it, but it also had to be at least one foot above. There's a lot of arguments about that. Um, <laughs> but then yeah, so whatever it lands on, whatever it's physically touching, it destroys that. Which, which, like by the way, there's no rules about how far apart and where your right, cars yeah. had to be spread. So that's how we all started playing. Was just there's a, of course, the urban legend about I don't know which player in some tournament took, takes the cor- chaos orb, rips it up into confetti, and then sprinkles that down yeah. and destroys like his opponent's whole board. That's hilarious. It lands on his deck. He's like, "Sorry, you, you, you're milled out." I'm unclear <laughs> as to if that actually happened, but that story's been around forever. Yeah, it's well, like Wizards attempt to to make the game more action packed or something. <laughs> there was a couple flip cards uh, early on. I think they just hadn't. You know, we were still playing for ante at that time, so you would before the game you would take yeah. the top card of your deck and set it to the side, and whoever won the game would win that card from the other person. Like they would own it from then on. So when we first started playing. Playing for Anti. Playing and for of course, the first time somebody lost an awesome card, that was the last time we played for Anti. Because the <laughs> <first time laughs> felt horrible. So, oh, yeah. I know they had to stop it because it's gambling, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, feel, I, I feel the same way about cards that uh, make you flip a coin. That has no bearing in this game whatsoever. They're yeah. supposed to be these powerful like spellcasters and stuff. And uh, hold on, let me pull out this coin now. <laughs> well, they, they want to have some randomized effects. So it's yeah. interesting. You hate Ralzeric. You do not like that yes. guy. Yes. Yeah. Flip six coins. Take, take an extra turn for each one. That lands I don't know. The only thing worse. Yeah, the only thing worse than coins. flipping one coin is flipping six yeah. coins. That's yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> well, fortunately, the commander that we're talking about today has no coin flippage at all. Perfect. No, don't Perfect. you don't get to tear it up. You don't get to do anything with it. But it does hit the board and it does impact it almost immediately um, because. It is the one and only Xenagos God of Revels. Now, is this post Planeswalker or pre Planeswalker? I don't. Really this is uh, post post, post Planeswalker. Yeah. I think my he, Vorthos is not on top tonight. Yeah, so I, my Vorthos isn't either. Did he become a god? Yeah, is, is he, God above Planeswalker? Yes, he was a Planeswalker who uh, wanted to become the God of Revels. Uh, oh, so that's what okay. he did. Yeah. Well, I enjoy that he enjoys reveling. Uh, he is three green red. Uh, so he is a six-five legendary enchantment creature, and he's a god. And so these are the this is the god cycle. There's one. There's pretty much gods in almost every color, two-color combination. I think there's god in every two-color combination, yep. and, and there's a monocolored god. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which means he's also indestructible. But it also means that as long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven, Xenagos isn't a creature, and devotion is counted by the mana symbols in the top right of each card. So the colorless mana symbols don't count for anything. Um, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, another target creature you control gains haste and gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is that creature's power. So he will double everyone Huge. at minimum. That, well, and, one and, thing. And one thing that he wants, yeah. Well, uh, really quickly, let's go over devotion just for those that don't know. So devotion, as mentioned, is the it's all your permanents that are on the, on the battlefield. Mm. You count up the pips, and the pips are the mana symbols on each of your permanent cards that are in play. So the cards in your hand, in your graveyard, in your library, in the command zone, they don't count. Only stuff that's in play. And so when it says Xenagos isn't a creature as long as your devotion to red is less than seven, that means that if your mana symbols don't add up to seven and the um, colorless mana symbols don't count, you know, so you need yeah. seven, you know, like four green four green and three red or, or six green and a red, however that adds up to seven, then he sort of activates and becomes a creature. But right. one thing about gods as generals, the best thing about them actually is that you... They're indestructible and they're enchantments. You cast them, they're there. They're yeah. there. And you they're there don't the actually the want them to be creatures because... Yeah. Path to Exile mm-hmm. doesn't hit 
enchantments. Yeah. And that's sort of the big thing about having a god as your general is that an indestructible enchantment is really hard to kill. An indestructible creature, not as much. You know what's yeah. funny is that even even if you get your god commander to be a creature and let's say you pathed it, it's like it's not like a a, a, a normal commander deck. Would you, if you path their commander, it's like okay, cool. I just I got rid put of it to my no command zone. Yeah, well, guess what's mm-hmm. in the command zone? It's out next turn again. Right now, you got another one. Like you have to have another one. And right. is it a creature again now? So, mm. so many times I've been in the position playing against gods and people against me where they're like, it's not even worth it. Right. So, right. You, so even if they have the answer, so so they many times they'll it. just be like, well, I, you know what? It's just not even worth using right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the things I actually liked about this deck, and when we were talking about being able to build it cheaply, it's because of the general specifically, because it is a general you can A, count on to stick around, and also this general in particular makes other, it puts the burden on other creatures to become good. So yes. like, look at each creature, would it be better if you doubled the power and gave it haste? Mm-hmm. Then it's going to be a better creature for this deck. Whereas like a lot of, a lot of like commander decks will just need really good stuff cards to be good because it needs to sort of support everything else. This is a commander that individually benefits each card that goes on the battlefield that gives you the option to say like this has additional text and most times Xenagos is not going anywhere yeah he's like a point guard in a basketball team he just sits back there and runs yeah. the offense yeah. and says true. like you go in there now Here, here's the here's the assist yeah that's a really good analogy actually um what road does this lead us down sort of conceptually building the deck you know if you're going to have something that's going to be on the battlefield you're going to be able to pretty much consistently have it and what it basically does is double a creature's uh, power and toughness and give it haste. So then what does that make you want to do? What is that, how does that make you want to build the deck? Do you want to talk about how you started to tackle that? Yeah, obviously you want to, you, then you want big creatures. The bigger, the better. And then you want to give them uh, different types of evasion. So like stuff like, um, stuff that, like cards that make everyone block a certain creature that you want so you can get your other guy through. Or just mm-hmm. trying to give everyone trample. Trample is like the thing of this whole deck. Uh-huh. Oh, especially because you're in green and that's green's, that's green's evasion. That's yeah. especially, yeah. 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 And red absolutely. has some trample also, so. Yeah, and, and and then you also don't want to be precious with the one creature that you have out, but because Xenagos gives everyone haste, uh, if this guy gets if the, the, your big guy gets dealt with right away, then that's fine. Next turn, you can just put down another guy, and you're in the exact same spot that you were, you know, ten minutes ago. That's what I found to be the real power of the deck was like you're sitting there and you have like seven lands and Xenagos, and that's it. And it's like you can kill anybody on the next turn. We don't know mm-hmm. because you can drop a ten ten creature. Give it haste, and and if you can somehow give it trample, that like what can some unless they can instant speed remove it, it's just really scary to be dealing with something that you're just not going to get a lot of time to respond to what it's about to do. Like if if you decided yeah. to look at me, and I, I very well could just be dead. Yep, you know. And it's a fun deck to play because like I was exp- I was telling Andy this uh, the other day. I was like, I feel like. I feel like Indiana Jones when I'm playing this deck because everyone's <laughs> sitting there with their sword swinging it around all fancy, and then I just pull out my gun and I go, yeah. "Here's 25, Bang. deal with it." <laughs> yeah, that's really nice swordplay. Can you deal with a 2020 trample creature? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, well, let's get into it a little bit. So the first category we have here is just huge creatures. It's a great thing about this deck too. Huge creatures in general. Huge, what we'd call Timmy creatures. Yeah. Not expensive, generally. Not at all yeah. expensive. All you need is a bunch of huge green things with trample. And guess what? There's tons of them. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness you're in the right colors for that. <laughs> so, and they're not the types of cards that get played in Legacy and Modern, so they just don't tend to be like super expensive, mm-hmm. which is great because they're, the, they're super effective in this deck, and they're not hard to get a hold of. Um, yeah. 
Do you want to read the first card we've got on our list there? Oh, Andy? Yeah, sure. It's a ghoul tree. Ghoul tree. And ghoul tree is a seven and a green, so eight total, for a 10-10. Hold uh, on, creature ow. type? Creature so, type? Uh, creature type is zombie tree folk. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, that's, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, ghoul tree has the additional Very whimsical text. zombie. Yeah. <laughs> he has the additional text. Uh, ghoul tree costs one colorless less to cast for each creature card in your graveyard. So, oh, very nice. which, is, which goes along with what you're saying, because you put out a big threat, yeah. it gets dealt with, the next one gets dealt with, all of a sudden Ghoul Tree's pretty cheap. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm guessing you're running a lot of creatures in this deck specifically as well. Yeah, and then you're, you're, you know, you're swinging in for a 20-20, and everything else in your deck is trying to just get that guy through. Right. right. Um, so he, he's good. He's actually one of my least favorite creatures oh, right. in, in the whole deck, I would say. Mm-hmm. Is this just next... because I, like, I don't feel like he does that, that much on his own. He's, he's just, just big. big dummy. He's just like, big, yeah. That, you know, that if you don't have anything else out, then you're like, eh, I don't really. I guess I'll just I hit somebody I'll for just... 20. <laughs> yeah, it's but walk with a 1-1 one, one and yeah, but whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting for this card specifically because it's one of those, when you look at it, the quadrant theory, not so great in the early game unless you're aggressively trading away, but really good late game when it's like, oh, look, I need to push through. I have trample already on the board and you just need to push through another 10 damage. Ghoul Tree cost me one green. Or like, somebody sweet. just board wiped because yeah, somebody was else was say. scary and now... You know, you have two or three players with no creatures out, and you're just like, well, I'll drop them now and, and kill someone, or just yeah, half, or yeah. half them. Mm-hmm. Well, be- between the red green ramp and the and the occasional board wipe, Ghoul Tree is going to often cost you, you know, next to nothing mm-hmm. to cast it, which is insane. Yeah, he's kind of like he's kind of like he's got delve, but you don't have to actually pay the cards out of your graveyard. Yeah, so actually, no, interesting. He's Good a perma perma delve, I guess. Okay, so if you don't like him that much, how, I'm guessing this next guy you like a lot. Oh, oh I like this gosh. next guy a lot. This um, guy, is I brutal. accidentally bought this guy again. That's uh, how much you like. Did you buy an oversized version of it? No. In French? <laughs> it was French. It was French. Oh, okay. Not, uh, how do you uh, say hydro omnivore in French? Uh, yeah. Hydra uh, omnivore. <laughs> There you go. Omnivore de Hydra. There you go, yeah. I don't Hail Hydra. I'm terrible at accents. Uh, it's a Hydra omnivore. It's uh, four and two green, and uh, it's an eight eight. And it says uh, it, it is a creature Hydra. Creature Hydra. It is not a tree folk Hydra. Summon it's not a zombie. It's not Hydra. a zombie Hydra. Yeah, but yeah. it's the next part that's really. Uh, oh whenever Hydra Omnivore deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to each other opponent. Oh my gosh, this guy's a house because so he's a sixteen, he's a 16 power 16, dude yeah. with haste. When you've got Xenagos out, and if he hits anyone, he does sixteen to everyone. Yes. Not not to mention he's also just six oh, mana for an eight brutal. eight, which just is ridiculous Already. to start off with. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, this guy's a house in Commander. He's amazing in decks like Rafik, where you can do the same thing, essentially, that you're trying to do with uh, with Xenagos here, which is just make them hit for as much as possible, as quickly as possible. Give this guy double strike, and you just you just win the game. Yeah, yeah. you can literally kill everyone in one hit with double mm-hmm. strike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Not to mention, it deals combat damage to any opponent, and it deals it to everyone else. So if there's so you just one need guy, one open guy. Yeah, one guy needs to be open. It's like, great. I would say there's... Quite a few times on turn six where at least one person oh, yeah. Yeah. is open to be hit. Because turn sure. six is early enough. Yeah. Or maybe they got foolish and attacked mm-hmm. just because nobody mm-hmm. had anything out. And, you know, if they don't know that deck. That's one thing you can, you can almost never do when you're playing against this deck. You right. Can't, you can't just alpha strike because, like, oh, well, you know, no one has anything super scary out. So mm-hmm. let me just get 10 damage into one of these guys. Like, no, no, no. You got to at least leave a, a blocker back, or two right? back. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it really forces everyone to play much more conservatively and defensively than I think anyone really would really want to. Yeah, here's a guy you I like you played, and I was like super impressed with, and I hadn't really thought of him since Conspiracy. Um, it's Realm Seekers. He's four and two green for a creature elf, a zero zero, 
But Realm Seekers enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the total number of cards in all players' hands. It's gonna so be a big I believe guy. when you yeah. played him, he was about a 26, 26, or yeah. somewhere around there. The way I figure is like, he's always going to be probably a 20, 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, what that was about it, If you're playing with four people, an average of five cards per hand. Right. But, probably. And, and this is EDH, so some fool's going to have a Consecrated Sphinx out or oh, a Heuristic yeah. Study, and all of a sudden he could be like a 40, 40. Pretty easily. I'd say in our games, that's probably more likely because we have a ton of card draw. Yep. So you drop this guy. He's a 40-40. Don't forget, he's got haste. And they du- he doubles. So he's if he was a 25-25, he's a 50-50. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have Nylea out there. That's if trample, you have Nylea, you can it. give him it's trample. Over. Then you just... It's well, over somebody's someone. dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I remember when you dropped this guy and he was a 26-26. And I'm like, We're, I'm... Somebody's dead. It's probably me. But then you guys had twelve wraths in your hand. And we were, <laughs> you guys were fine. Every time we say wraths, I keep someone say, thinking someone's just saying we have twelve rats in our hands. I'm twelve like, rats Man, in your hand. Twelve death touch rats wouldn't be too bad at, at that. They'd point. have to have flash at that point. Um, not to mention the other text on Realm Seeker is uh, two in a green. Remove a plus one plus one counter from Realm Seeker. Search your library for a land card. Reveal it. Put it in your hand and shuffle your library. Mm-hmm. You're also playing this with exploration on the board. Yeah. And that can get out of hand so fast because you're able to pump out so much mana with this deck that just having an extra land every single turn because of Realm Seekers is it's ungodly and a godly deck. And it's just a land. It's not a basic land. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. not a specific type of land. It's any land. So any of your utility lands. Grab your Keswick Wolf Run with this. Like it's insane. Oh right, yeah. Keswick Wolf Run. Oh yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. The last big fatty here is the Nessian Wild Ravager. And this card I also thought had a lot of great play when it came out. Um it's from Theros, I believe. Yes. Uh, Born of the Gods. Born of the Gods. Uh, It's four and two green, so six total for a six six. And it has tribute six. And tribute, the way tribute works is as this creature enters the battlefield, an opponent of your choice may play six plus one plus one counters on it, which makes him a six mana for a 12 12. And on top of that, when this creature enters the battlefield, if the tribute wasn't paid, you may have it fight another target creature. So it either kills something or it is a 12 12. You basically go around, you look at one guy that has the creature that's like, do you, that creature is really important to your board. I'm going to choose you. Do you, choose, do you pay tribute or not? Because the 6-6 six, six will pretty much kill anything on their board if it, if it fights it. So it's in, in most cases, you're like, look, you pay the tribute, I won't swing at you. If you don't pay the tribute, I'm going to kill your favorite creature. Yep. So you yeah, really which, have which them really over work for you guys because this is a very like uh, political card. Yes, that's why yeah. I, I liked bringing it up was because of the way that tribute works in a political setting, you can choose the person and therefore get the best advantage. And, you know, most of the time I'm guessing that you want your 12-12 so you can make a 24-24 with haste. Oh, no question. The amazing <laughs> thing about Tribute in EDH with political, the political side of things is that you, you lay this huge creature down. You, play, you, you pay six. You're, it's going to either kill something or be a monster, and you don't take any of the heat for it. Right. right. They it's, chose. It's you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, they, the person that chooses, mm-hmm. if they're like, fine, you get a 12-12, it's like, hey, don't blame me. Yeah. This Everybody guy wants like a dude. big thing out yeah. there. Yeah, everyone else is like, dude, don't give him the 12. Uh, but he was going to kill my royal assassin. I don't care. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect because they look selfish if they do it. It's so great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that card. And then, and then the best thing is when you played it, I think, in our game, and you pointed at Andy, and he's like, "Fine, fight something." You did the he did the right thing, and then you're like, "Oh well, I still have a twelve twelve with haste. I'm swinging." <laughs> at. You know that was the thing. It was like yeah. it was still pretty bad. Like yeah, yeah. a six six with Senegos is still twelve damage coming at you. Like, yeah. Yeah, and that was bad. the best case scenario. Yeah, you get spoiled. You you get spoiled with this deck where you're just like, mm, twelve. That's not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's not enough. <laughs> Wish it was more. So the next section we have is. Uh, 
Give them evasion. So this is usually going to be trample, and it's going to be cards that enable you. So now that when you're dropping a huge creature, it's not just doubling in power and getting haste. It it has some form of like unblockability mm-hmm. or or trample, really. So uh, you want to read the first one? This is a really good one. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't think this is enough playing EDH. I agree. I wish yeah. you saw more playing standard. It's such a fun little guy. Uh, yeah, it's uh, girl, it's, it's another god. It's Nylea, the and uh, she's the god of the hunt. Uh, it's three and a green. Um, she's so, Artemis, so right? Essentially. Yeah. 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 It's a legendary uh, enchantment creature god. It is indestructible, much like the other one, as all the gods are. And uh, as long as your devotion to green is less than five, then Nylea is not a creature. And uh, other creatures, it's just a blanket effect. Other creatures you control just have trample. Boom. That's all you need. And for uh, three and a green, three and a green uh, for the uh, activated ability, a target creature gets uh, plus two, plus two until the end of turn. Which essentially means plus four, plus four. Yeah, that's actually, I think that's actually more more useful than it seems. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Yeah, because all of a sudden later in the game, you've got nine mana and you're going to drop, you know, the the what was the first one the uh, the ghoul tree mm-hmm. and it only costs you three mana so you're like well I'll just pump it twice yeah and now it's a 36 power thing coming at you with trample now because of Nylea yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty brutal I you played her in our game and again we all looked at each other like uh what are you gonna do oh now he's do? got trample what are you gonna do now yeah. we're just <laughs> absolutely dead everyone's yeah. just dead. yeah that's 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 a beating yeah um, and it's also an indestructible enchantment like. This thing is sticking around. You have trample for the rest of the game. It may as well be some like an emblem at that point. Yeah, and it's a six six when it becomes a creature, and it's indestructible too. So then you're still even if you this was your only thing, and yeah. or or yeah, you had something that was making this become a creature, then it's still going in for twelve twelve indestructible. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just still, a lot of versatility. Yeah, like you you know you'd prefer her to stick around, but like I think it's fine to be like turning her into a creature and swinging with. Yeah, her, no for sure for her. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because she's not your main thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Xenagos, you, I would think you don't want to devote him because you just don't want to leave him open. Because without Xenagos on the battlefield, we'll talk about this later and how to fight the deck, but the deck is is neutered a little bit. Right. So, and, and specifically in this case, too, it's good to note that the monocolor generals only require five devotion to become yeah, active. Yeah, so much easier. So you can balance that where, you know, keeping Xenagos not alive but making Nylea go is, you know, something that you can actually work around. And we should say the pips on the, the god card itself do count towards your devotion. Yeah, yeah. So Nylea effectively needs four other green right. pips on yeah. to be devoted. Um, now here's one guy that actually adds two to devotion. It's Archetype of Aggression. Uh, he's one red red and he essentially does the same thing as Nylea. Creatures you control have trampled, but he's obviously much more vulnerable than Nylea is to removal. He's also just a 3-2. And the other part of this text, which probably doesn't make as much of a difference, is creatures your opponents control lose trample and can't have or gain trample. Which I think the archetypes are something that, at least in our playgroup, haven't seen a lot of play, and they probably should see more. I like that this guy costs 3. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have a really good chance of dropping him and a creature, and then giving the the other big creature the Xenagos bonus, and now has trample. Like, I I think that's something the deck needs is the ability to sort of like sn- uh, sneak attack you with the trample. Not like uh, Nylea is something where, you know, force a little bit more. You're going to probably have to play her and then the next turn play the thing. And all of a sudden, if I can see the trample coming, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, I might hold up more mana so I can do something. Yeah. Whereas if you don't have trample on the battlefield right now, I might be like, well, I have two blockers. I'll be okay. I'll tap, I'll tap out. You know, and then all of a sudden you play an archetype of aggression, play a big dude, swing in, and I'm like, oh, even if I block with my two guys, I still die because you you have trample. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I like the low casting cost on that guy. 
Yeah, because I have the other arch- the archetype of uh, endurance in this mm-hmm. too. Which, Is that uh, the give hexproof? Yeah, everyone has hexproof, and no one else, uh, else's creatures can have hexproof. But that is like that costs like eight, eight, yeah, yeah. six and two green, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if you get it out, it's it's, it's a monster. It's, well, it, then yeah. it, it is a monster. Now Maze of It doesn't even stop you. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Gosh. That I don't. There's certain archetypes I love in Commander, and then there's other ones I think are just not as good. And the uh, the green archetype is you're right. It's well, it's eight mana to cast it, but when it's out, it's like, what? Are you, what are you going to do? It's mm-hmm. it's it's. Mental. You have to wrath. I mean, that's you all to. you can do. You, you have, have to rat. To. Yeah. Um, whereas <laughs> this guy, yeah. Whereas this guy, uh, I don't like as much because I think it's like it's super vulnerable and like taking away trample with your deck, especially. You've got so many big creatures. I don't really feel like trample's a big issue. Yeah. Obviously, you just want to give. You just want to find a way to give anything trample. So it it's works also a universal well. effect, which is nice. So you yeah, at least yeah. have the option of giving it to everyone. And also, I think you just you want to have at least a couple of these anthem effects in your deck no matter what Mm -hmm. otherwise man getting caught out with just like some guy just has like five one ones and looking at your five like 10 10 10s and 20 20s and you don't have trample not very satisfying experience there for sure you still get the deck to go off right um this next card uh thunderfoot bailoth is actually from the green commander decks and I didn't realize how good this card is in a deck with a god. It's another thing where they were they're playing with some newer cards that we maybe haven't adjusted to as quickly. Mm-hmm. And we yeah, when, when you brought this with. out against us, I was like, oh man, the lieutenants. I, I love it. Yeah, we mm-hmm. totally forgot about it. We we did the reviews yeah. and then we didn't really use them, and then we forgot about them. And you brought that guy, and I was like. That thing is actually a beating. I yep. think you guys did say he was the best of the lieutenant. Yeah, uh, I mean, creatures. we said Which stuff, but then we didn't like, you know. <laughs> well, we don't take our own, but we don't <laughs> listen to our own show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Did we say that? I mean, thank you, Andy. Yeah, I believe you did say that this he's was the best one. He's definitely up there in, in this cycle. A fan. God, he's fanning out. It's so, so embarrassing. Yeah. So embarrassing. Uh, it is a good, uh, let's read him really yeah. quick. Uh, it's four and two green for a five, five with trample, and he has lieutenant, which is, again, this is the C14, Commander 14, um, uh, there's a cycle of these in each of the colors. As long as you control your commander, Thunderfoot Bailoth gets plus two, plus two, and other creatures you can control get plus two, plus two, and have trample. So he's like a combination of the last two cards we talked about. He's giving everyone trample. He's also just getting everyone bigger. Like And he's just up. a big dude. And he's a big dude, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he himself is going to hit somebody for 14 or swing for 14 with trample when he mm-hmm. comes out. And yeah. if, if you, you know, they can't destroy your big guy every turn. So yeah. sometimes... The one from last turn is still going to be around, mm-hmm. and then he's got trample too. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you get a ghoul tree and this guy out. You've got th- they both have trample. This guy's a seven seven. This guy's a ten ten. Mm-hmm. You know which one are you going to pump? Oh, you know whatever. It doesn't the matter. 10-10. You're dead either <laughs> way. Yeah, right? doesn't, doesn't, matter. Matter. doesn't even matter. And the big important thing is you have to control your commander. And we saw this as a downside originally because like sometimes your commander is going to get tucked or whatever. Mm-hmm. In the god deck, this is almost always being triggered because people usually don't main deck enough hate for this. We in our meta at least. So mm-hmm. it's like Thunderfoot Bailoth comes out. You're like, well. He's here to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, this next one. You know, I, I I singled this card out for a couple of reasons. Uh, I'll read it real quick. It's Roar of the Challenge. It's two and a green. It's a sorcery. It's from cons. It says, all creatures able to block target creature this turn do so. But it has Ferocious. That creature gains indestructible until end of turn if you control a creature with four or greater. So in this deck, you're always going to have Ferocious. So you're always going to make something indestructible and then force all of somebody's creatures to block it. Mm-hmm. The thing I like about this card, there's a few things. One is, it's an uncommon from a recent set. So it's super cheap, and it's super easy to get your hands on. And it's really one of those cards that most people will overlook and not even think about trying to use in a commander deck, so I was mm-hmm. glad you did. And I like the versatility of this card. Yeah. So what it does is, if you happen to have two creatures, you can force through one of them. 
by forcing all of somebody's creatures to block the other guy. So probably kill a. Let's say you've got archetype of, of aggression and a, and your and ghoul tree. Now all of a sudden you give the ghoul tree, you know the Xenagos bonus. So it's a twenty twenty. It has trample because of archetype of aggression, but doesn't matter. And then you put roar of the challenge on archetype of aggression, and you attack somebody, and all of them have to block the archetype, all their creatures, and you're just going to smash them for twenty. Yeah. yeah. But the versatility of this card is okay. That guy's going to kill me next turn with all his creatures. Mm -hmm. And I can't kill anybody. So I'll just give my ghoul tree roar of the challenge, make Mm. it indestructible, and make all his guys block and kill the guys, and I can sort of mini-wrath him. Right. And so there's this ability to use it in a situation on defense a little bit. And I like cards like that, where it's like, hey, I'll use this to win the game sometimes, but I'll also use it to save my butt sometimes. Yeah, yeah, the one yeah. side of the board. Because one ghoul tree is not going to help you against 50 tokens. Right. But a ghoul tree with Roar of the Challenge might. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really like that card. I think it's thinking outside the box. I think a lot of people would not use that card in a deck like this, but I, I think it's pretty good. Not to mention, what, if yeah. you stick Death Touch on this card and you have Trample, oh boy, you're just oh. machine gunning everything yeah. down. Absolutely. Well, then you can kill all their creatures and them, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like another product of like building. Like I drafted this card, right, right, right. It's yeah, just, it's just a regular uncommon yeah. from from cons, and yeah, I had it in a draft, and then you know you sit around afterwards and you're looking at all your cards and like, well, I don't know. It forces you to think about them in different yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I think very few de- people that that build Xenagos probably have something like Roar of the Challenge, in. and you know, going back through the history of Magic, this is an effect that's been around for a while, and mm-hmm. there might be a better version of that. Mm-hmm. But I like the thinking of of having that type of effect in. You know, you don't want five roar of the challenges but having one in there i think is pretty smart and you're you know you can tell me but I, i'm guessing when you have it you know a lot of the times it's probably like oh i'm gonna be able to do something tricky here yeah do you guys do that do you find yourself doing that where you you'll you'll get a new card maybe from a draft or something whether it's from a set like conspiracy or something and and be like hmm this might work really well in this one deck like i'll, I'll sub it in for this game mm-hmm. yeah. and i mean obviously you probably won't see it it's one out of a hundred but do you guys do that where it's like this is temporarily in this deck We'll see how it how it. Rolls you know, honestly, in. I probably don't do that enough. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, it's I probably I really should. Like and mm. and you know, I've heard of a good technique, which is you just make an agreement with your playgroup to just start with that card in your hand. Yes, yeah. Just like, hey, listen, guys, it's not like some combo piece. It's just like I don't know how good it is, and I just want to have it this game. So you know, can I either put it on top of my deck just so I might make sure I have, just so I can try it, and sure. you know. 99 percent yeah. of the time they're going to be fine with it. So yeah. that's a good way to test it out. And yeah, I probably should do that more, and I probably don't. I mean, I do swap. I do tune decks, but usually I'm taking five, six cards, putting them in, and then I'm playing that deck ten times right. before I make a decision. But it's probably yeah. some, you know more effective to do it the other way. Um, Moving on to our next category is pump them up. Uh, we're so going to pump you, you up. up. Uh, and the basic gist of this is like sometimes you'll swing for 25 and they're going to be at 30, and you're just not going to kill them. Mm-hmm. And you wish you could because that next turn is all they needed to end the game. And we find that so many EDH games come down to the one turn of just everyone dies this turn or lives. It's like, this is it. This is the one cycle we've gotten to that turn. And so pumping up your creatures is extremely important. And I'm very glad you included one of my favorite cards of all time, Savage <laughs> Beating. Yeah. Um, three this, and two this red. This card is a house. Yeah. This card is bonkers. In it's this especially in EDH. Um, it, it, it's an instant for five mana, three and two red. Play Savage Beating only during your turn and only during combat. Mm-hmm. You're just like, sure. Yes, that's, sounds, one, that's sounds, what I want. Sounds about <laughs> what I want to do. Uh, choose one. Creatures you control gain double strike until end of turn. Uh, pff, uh, pff, wow. mm-hmm. <laughs> double strike and doubling their power, which it's essentially quadruple striking yep. with what you're doing with Zendigos. Or untap all creatures you control, and after this phase, there's an additional combat phase. 
uh, and there's the uh, the wonderful word entwine on there, which means if you pay one in a red extra, so seven total, you get to do both. Wow, two, this, two, that, double, this is a two game, double strikes. This is a game ender. This, yeah. is, this card is crazy with Xenagos. You not only double their power and double strike with them, you get to do it again. So yeah. it's actually times eight, right? Yes. Yeah. If you right. have a 10 10, he's a 20 20 with Xenagos, he yeah. double strikes and then he attacks twice. Yeah. So he's hitting for instead 80. of 10, 80. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's two killing players. two players. That's <laughs> if you only have one 10 10. Yeah. That's not counting if you have a couple other dudes. Yeah, because all of them have double strikes, so it all adds up this, so fast. You know, we talk about this a lot on our show, is the ability of a deck to, out of nowhere, sort of deal a huge burst of damage yeah. and win you games you couldn't otherwise win. And this is one of those cards, and, and every deck needs a few of those cards. Insurrection-type effects, you know, that's our go-to for that type of effect. But this card is way more finesse. It's way fancier. Yeah. It's not way, to mention, you know, no. people insurrection and everybody goes, okay, whatever. Yeah. If somebody does this, you're like, holy crap, that yeah. was awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not to mention too that like you can entwining is one of the most powerful keywords in, in EDH because either one of those is amazing by mm-hmm. itself. Like, what if you just need? To, what if you have a creature that when it deals combat damage, you get a reckon enchantment? Like, well, I'd love to swing with them twice this turn, and right. you can do it for seven. Like yeah. that's yeah, that's not anything. Yeah. That's less than insurrection. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in a pinch, you just double strike one guy and you probably can kill somebody. Or, yeah. you know, you, ju- yeah, you just get two combat, uh, two combats and you can... And there might be times where just the two combats will win you the game. Like, both guys are sort of low and mm-hmm. you just go boom, boom. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, really or cool Or just card. Hydra Omnivore everyone. doesn't even matter. Really cool card. Uh, this next oh, one God. was mentioned earlier. Do you want to read it, uh, Brennan? Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, is... It's called uh, Kessig Wolf Run. It is a land um, from uh, Innistrad. And uh, uh, so it taps for uh, basic colorless uh, mana, and then uh, for X and red-green and tapping this land, then target creature gets uh, plus X, plus zero, and gains trample until end of turn. So it's an excellent way to sink uh, your excess mana into uh, giving something trample and then just pumping it up, because every time yeah. you for every mana, you're pumping it by two, essentially. Yep. Yeah, because Xanagos is going to double it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it gives yeah it gives that trample word that we like. This is, a again... Kill somebody card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once Kessig's out, I feel like the deck is like, oh, I'm like if there's three players, then everybody there's three more so turns left to in deal the game. with it yeah. too because it's a land. Yeah, and it plays on something we've talked about about our the format, which is, you know, there are a lot of land destruction cards in the game, but people don't play them because it's just gotten so much publicity as like the feel bads and the things that people don't like about Commander, and so people are really hesitant to run land destruction. Mm-hmm. Most decks will have like two pieces, yeah, a strip mine and a vindicate maybe, mm-hmm. and so. You're pretty much in the clear with things like this. Like it's gonna sit there, and so once you get that out, every creature you play is getting at least a couple extra power that are mm-hmm. gonna be doubled by Xenagos. Yeah, very very good card. It's um, a monster because also with Xenagos, not only does this give you plus X plus O, you're gonna hit that plus X, and then actually Xenagos is, is going to add to the toughness. Oh, true. As well, because oh, right. it pumps it by the the, the amount of power X, that it yeah. has. Right? right. So right. that's just a little bonus. Just Kessig, nice that you're not usually getting from Keswick Wolf Run, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, the next card, uh, I like this card, and it's something that we talk about a lot with Commander decks. This is Ogre Battle Driver. So it's two and two red for a 3-3. Three, three. It says whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, that creature gets plus two plus oh and gains haste until end of turn. So Pretty good. Yeah, so you might think this is the type of card a lot of people wouldn't put in a deck like this, and I think they'd be wrong not to. So, again, you're smart, Brennan. Um what it does is it covers you for those moments when they do deal with Xenagos. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we talk about this all the time, Jimmy, which is like, can your deck function without its commander? Does it have a chance to still do stuff? And you want a couple cards that simulate your the effect of your general because, listen, games just don't go how we want them to. People chaos warp your your commander and put it somewhere in your deck and you can't find it. And if that happens, like you still want to be able to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to play a creature with no haste that's big and just hope that he's still around next turn, it's probably not going to happen. You know, so Ogre Battle Driver turns your your deck back on. I love Ogre Battle Driver. Yeah. It's honestly one of my favorite commander cards, and it's something that you're right. It doesn't see a ton of play. It was from a pretty recent set, right? It's like M14. 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 It just gives everyone haste, and it gives them plus two, plus O, and... I have it in a mile, 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 the anima, the anima deck, and it's just a horse. Yeah. It's an absolute horse, and yeah, like you know, if you don't want to spend the, I don't know, what five bucks on anger, you just get yourself an ogre battle driver, yeah. and it's it's amazing. I love it. One of my favorite cards. It also pumps the power. So yeah. even if Xenagos is out, it's not mm-hmm. like it does nothing. No, no, no. Yeah, no. It, it, yeah, you're getting four basically. Yeah, so yeah. it's still good even mm-hmm. if Xenagos is out, and I would guess most of the time you probably. You probably hold it unless you really need it, just in case Xenagos goes away. But and don't know. forget, like Xenagos only gives one creature haste. Yeah, yeah. true. So, mm-hmm. so you know, you get this guy out, you drop again, you drop your your, you your Hydra things. Omnivore and your Ten Ten. It's like, oh well, which one will I pump? Which one? They both get haste. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, go to town in that case. Yeah, I think haste is really important in this deck too because the ability to Alpha Strike out of nowhere is also important because Huge. you get wiped and you you don't have a haste generator. You get something like this out there, then you're able to you know like be like, hey, guess what? You shouldn't have attacked with everyone but one creature because. I'm gonna. I'm able to kill you. I just want that one extra damage or whatever. And being able to do that with the surprise effect of haste is very efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last card in this category of pump them up uh, is enlarge. It's uh, three and two green for a sorcery. It says target creature gets plus seven plus seven and gains trample until end of turn. It must be blocked this turn if able. Guess what? It's getting blocked anyway. Well, so. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, they're gonna die. And they're probably gonna die anyway. Um, yeah. I like effects like this because they. Just the ability to do this in your playgroup, they've seen you play enlarge a couple times. Now they have to factor that into their calculations every time. So mm-hmm. now they're looking at your board and they're going, they have to do so much math. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so even if you don't have enlarge, it's going to give you extra turns. Like they're going to be like, well, I could attack him, but if he has enlarge, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. So I just can't attack him. Mm-hmm. So then they don't attack you. And then, but you don't even have enlarge. And if they attack you, you know, you're going to lose in two turns. But now that they have to worry about enlarge, they, you got two extra turns out of it. Now you might draw enlarge and kill them, or you might draw something else. So I like these type of effects that don't sit on the board. You can't see. Yeah. You know, car, there are cards that with that at instant speed that do similar type stuff. Yeah. Those are good, too. It's mm-hmm. good to have one or two of those. I don't think you need a ton because you don't want to be drawing not creatures. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Xenagos pumps the uh, guy at the beginning of combat, mm-hmm. too. So even playing like playing this... If this was an instant, then playing it like mid combat, you're not getting the, the full bonus. Zen- you're not getting the full yeah. bonus of it. So too. you're almost going to want to just play your instant before combat anyway. Yeah, because you want Xenagos to double it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, it's a really good point. Uh, I was going to say that um, normally you'd be like, well, enlarge. Uh, you know, at sorcery speed, it might leave you to some instant speed removal or something. You know, you might get a little hosed on it, but it's not like you're wasting Xenagos's ability if that does happen. Right. Because you're going to pump this guy with enlarge. It's like, oh, no, I you know I path it, peace, it's gone. But then it's like, okay, well, combat, I'll pump this other guy with, with Xenagos. And right. It's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I did nothing then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was good, but yeah, you it's not something, like nothing happened. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's a really good point. Um, oh, my favorite section. Yeah, mine too. The oh, cards yeah. you may not think of. 
This is uh yeah that one you've got right there. This is the hardest. I mean, another yet another yeah, card. This I is what I love that. about this deck and about you guys and 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 your decks. Were all these cards that yeah I know I've heard of this card I've seen this card and then mm-hmm. I totally wrote this card off and I totally forgot about it and it's mm-hmm. like that's a great thing about our format is like people are all the time pulling out a card where you're like it's not like I didn't know that card existed I just didn't really yeah. think about it and it's like yeah it's, it's great it's just <laughs> another card I pulled in a draft um, not even to play in that game I was uh-huh. just like I think this might work in this other I'll, I'll pick it and I'll deal with it later I remember seeing it in that draft and being like this card's neat but it sucks in draft like yeah, in a right. way you know what I mean yeah but it's it's one of my favorite cards in your deck and uh, I'll read it I guess it's called Might Makes Right, and it's uh, five and red for an enchantment. It's from M15. It's an uncommon. Another uncommon makes it in. And it, it reads, at the beginning of combat, on your turn, if you control each creature on the battlefield with the greatest power, gain control of target creature and opponent controls until end of turn, untap that creature, it gains haste until end of turn. You get to steal free active trees in every turn. Every turn. Because mm-hmm. you're guaranteed having the biggest yeah. creature every turn at the beginning of combat. And if yeah. you're not, it doesn't matter because you're not winning. Yeah. You have it. You have it. Don't yeah. worry. You yeah. have it. No, he got, always yeah. does. Yeah. 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 He's got 10 tens in crap or 12 twelves or it's whatever. Just, it's just an instant. It's just a, a, an endless stream of active treasons. And yeah. one active treason is not good in a commander deck, really. Um, but one every turn. But one every turn for mm-hmm. six mana once is amazing. It's and great. a lot of times it's just going to pull their one blocker away. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's just yep. like you don't even care to hit them with that creature. It's just like I just want my my ghoul tree to get in and hit them for 20. So. Or they're forced to just block with like their commander. And they're yeah. like, gosh, I guess I'm going to – I have to at this point. And it sucks. But it, it's really – it's so effective. And the wording on this is interesting. It says if you control each creature on the battlefield with the greatest power, it just means you can't be tied with someone yeah, else. If somebody right. else mm-hmm. is tied with you, then you don't get anything. Yeah, but right. this is the type of deck that can legitimately <laughs> yeah. always yeah. have the biggest creature on the, yeah. on the board. Yeah. yeah. Another similar card um, for cost-wise is Warstorm Surge, which is also a five and red and an enchantment. And this card is great for, I don't know, like token decks as well. But in this deck, it is a powerhouse because... I think one of the big things we've talked about getting trample in there, getting stuff like haste, being able to steal creatures so you can get a blocker through, uh, get blockers out of the way. You essentially need to find ways to deal damage to people that may not necessarily be through combat. And Warstorm Surge is one of the best ways to do it. Um, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. So this does both. You can just dome someone for ten mm-hmm. with your Ghoul Tree, or you can get rid of their one blocker. Or you know, you play two creatures, you get rid of two blockers, and you're you're essentially doing what the deck wants to do and it's all in one nice nifty little package yeah because i'm not in this deck you're not putting down anything really that's less than six yeah and six is going to be small in this deck. yeah i mean a lot of times it's going to be eight to ten yeah that's that's pretty brutal the another thing about and it sorry it also works with um uh, Tribute with uh, no, what, oh god, what was I going to pull? Uh, Ogre Battle Driver too, because yeah, that oh, pumps right. it when it comes down too. You can so stack it too, so, yeah. yeah. And with the tribute, I think you. Oh no, it would. I don't know how that no, would work. No, I think tribute is a. No, it's it an enters that... and then it goes on the stack, so I don't think it happens. Gotcha. Um, yeah. One thing I really like about Warstorm Surge too is like you're going to run into these decks that are going to do stuff like have Ghostly Prison out or you know mm-hmm. have some sort of thing where it's really hard to attack them or they're going to be playing like constant mists which is like a fog that i can play every turn if i sack a land every turn right and it's going to be like crap they're just stopping all combat or they've got you know magus of the moat and you can't attack unless you have flying and it's like or peacekeepers out and nobody gets to attack and so warstorm surge gives you a new angle because that's not combat damage so constant mist doesn't stop that yeah and moat 
Megas of the Moat doesn't matter. Like you, it gives you a way to win in situations where they have a couple of cards that are pretty good against the deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love this card. I I have this in most of my red commander decks. Um, it just so happens that it it particularly fits with them. But I even think uh, you can make an argument for this as just sort of an everyday red commander card because if you, you I mean, if you're creature based. You've got creatures entering the battlefield. You might as well just be hitting people in the face. Right? You might as well be dealing that extra damage, right? Like, <laughs> why not? It's a good point. And in any red-green deck, I think, uh, you know, your creatures are just going to be big enough where it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I pulled another one out that wasn't actually on the original list, but this is actually my favorite card in the whole deck. It's um, Volley Beast Tracker. Volley. Did I give you this card? I think I gave you this card. You might have. I think it's, I did. It's, uh, it's an uncommon from M13. It's uh, one and two green. And it's a 2-1 creature, a human scout, and it says when, when one volley beast tracker enters the <laughs> battlefield, search your library for a creature card with death touch, hexproof, reach, oh, or trample, right. and reveal it. Shuffle your library, put it on top. So it doesn't draw to your hand, but it does pull... It tutors. It's it worldly tutor. tutors. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's it's also pretty great. A super great budget tutor because all I remember you played this as well. I'm like every single one of those cards are ones that I don't want to see on the table right now because of what you can. do I don't with want them. anything with trample, like yeah. nothing yeah, yeah, at yeah. all with trample. And hexproof is almost just as bad. Not yes. to mention you can just look up the archetype here and then give everyone trample because he himself has trample as well. Yeah. yeah so I usually pull, pull like the Thunderfoot Bayloth because it helps uh-huh. everyone else, and then it's yeah. like yeah, oh, that's the card I want to see that has trample. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, pretty great. You have probably the best equipment in here, which is Mage Slayer. It's in your colors. It's one, a red, and a green. A three-drop artifact, and you equip it for three. And whenever a equipped creature attacks, it deals damage equal to its power to defending player. So It does get the Xenagos bonus. It gets the Xenagos yeah. bonus. It gets the Thunderfoot Fail- uh, Bailoth bonus. And it also potentially can also just hit them for a ton of damage as well on top of doing that damage. So it's kind of like a double strike that they can't avoid. Yeah. It's... And it equips for three, which is really nice. <laughs> and it's, it's always fun to just go like, all right, beginning of combat, uh, Xenagos will pump uh, this guy. No attacks. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, damn. Yeah, and then you drop that on. I also have, uh, there's another card in here that has the same effect. It's uh, called Burning Anger. It's an yeah. enchantment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, tap yeah. Them, you tap them. It, it yeah. makes them do their power. It's those Mage Slayer, Burning Anger, Warstorm Surge, always to get around things that, well, Mage Slayer, you still have to attack, but if yeah, they have right. a way to, to stop combat damage only, mm-hmm. it'll mm-hmm. still hit them because the Mage Slayer itself is not doing combat damage. Yeah. So it's when it attacks. Am, mm-hmm. I, am I, I right? Am I right there? I think I am. You are right. You are right. Yes. You, you do need to attack with Mage Slayer, and it's. Uh, but you don't actually have to hit them. So no, right? no. A fog effect it. won't stop it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. A fog yeah. effect won't stop. A block won't won't prevent its damage. Yeah, absolutely. It goes right through. This is one of the first cards I put in my. Uh, a long time ago, I built a Borborygmos deck, and I put that in there thinking that, oh, I put this on Borborygmos. <laughs> it's going to do double the commander damage. And then uh, someone told me, no, yeah. commander damage, only combat damage. So, yeah. <laughs> burn on me there. Um, and then the the last card, and there, there's a, a number of cards that have a similar effect, and it this is Momentous Fall. It's two and two green for an instant. It says, as an additional cost to cast Momentous Fall, sacrifice a creature. You draw cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power, then you gain life equal to its toughness. Now remember, you're going to cast this after Xanagos pumps the guy. Mm-hmm. So if you just need to refill your hand, or you're almost close to death, or both, or you just think it's fun, then you can just sack your 24-24 dude, draw 24 cards, gain 24 life. Yeah, yeah. That seems pretty good. Monstrous. Not to mention you can do it second main. After you, you know, hit him. You hit yeah, him, yeah. The you hit him for 24 yeah. first, yeah. and then you do it. 
Yeah. And plus, it's always good to have an effect like this because eh, you go to attack with your huge dude, they path to exile. You're like, I'd rather oh, gain yeah. life and draw cards. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly. or yeah, or if they uh, board wipe or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, the instant speed is very nice there. And you can even play it off turn because your guys are still pretty big. A lot of times gaining 10 life and drawing 10 cards, you mm-hmm. know, when they wrath on their turn is going to be totally worth it. You know, in a lot of decks, that card is not great because most of your dudes are 3-3s three or 4-4s four and it's just not very efficient. In this deck, when you regularly have, you know, with the Xenagos bonus, mm-hmm. you know, things in the 20 power and toughness range. Jeez. Yeah, then that card's busted. Yep, absolutely. Um we're going to move into the next section, which I'm going to call Command Zone Suggestions. It's a new section. Woo! It's a new section. Very so, exciting. So, yeah, we, we've unofficially did this. Done, did this? We've unofficially did this. Good English, Josh. Yeah, nice We one. done did it. We done unofficially did this in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop that right now. Um, <laughs> so the first one, and it's staying with the theme of recent cards yep. that are not super expensive, is Teamer. Battle Rage. This card is just great. I, I think this, this is... This card turned out to be a house unlimited. Yeah. yeah. Unlimited, and, it's it, great. and it can definitely make its way into so many other decks. Just, I mean, it's so specific, but it's so good at what it does. Um, it's the type of card that, in general, we don't like in our format because uh, you, it doesn't recur. It doesn't use, start... Yeah. In, yeah. But in this deck, it's literally like, kill you. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to read it. Teamer Battle Rage is one in red for an instant. It says, target creature gains double strike until end of turn, but it has Ferocious... So that creature also gets trample if you can control a creature with power four or greater. You probably will. It's almost impossible in this deck not to have at least four power because it's Enigos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you can instant speed, give double strike, and trample. I'll take it. It's yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of card that you attack and they're like, okay, yeah, I take it, and you're like, you're dead. Yeah. Even if you're attacking for 12, and it's like, nah, okay, yeah, I'll take the 12. Yeah. Uh, well, they see two uh, mana, they're like, what can you do with two mana? There's no like huge pump. Yeah, that's fine. I'll block with one guy. And you're like, well, guess what? He's going to trample over and kill you anyway. Yeah. yeah. And, and go ahead. It's like I said earlier, it's the type of card that forces them to play in such a different way all the time now because they know that it's a possibility. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, combat tricks are rare in Commander, Very too. Very rare. Mm-hmm. So, and, and there's a reason for that. You know, you don't get a lot of uh, longevity value, out yeah. of them, a lot, a lot of value out of them. But, you know, one or two can really surprise people and yes. can and can do that thing where, you know, I need to hit this guy for this extra damage. Bam, you team or battle rage. That person who would have killed you is now gone. Yep. Think of it on Hydra Omnivore, too. It's just like, oh, oh my God, yeah. please. Yes. Yeah, he's an 8-8. I make him a 16-16, swing at you. You're like, uh, okay, I block with this guy. Double strike yeah, trample. 32. I hit everybody for 30 damage. Yeah. yeah. That's probably going to kill almost everybody. It's a quick way to kill everyone, yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to happen sometime if you put that card in, and it's gonna everyone's going to be like, what? Yeah. Why yeah. didn't you block, dude? <laughs> <laughs> you then, killed us all. Then I'm going to get up from the table. I'm going to throw my cards out, walk out victorious, never touch the game again. <laughs> um, the next one I had written down was Armed and Dangerous, which is very similar. I love these Fuse cards. I yeah. think they have, again... Anytime you have a modal ability or you get to do extra stuff on the card and you get to choose or you get to do two things or one, always a good idea. Yeah. Um, Armed and Dangerous is two half. It's a fuse card, so there's two halves. There's a one and a red half that costs, uh, it costs one and a red. It's a sorcery. Target creature gets plus one, plus one, and gains double strike until end of turn. Very useful. Mm-hmm. Similar to Team or Battle Rage, the double strike's really nice there. Uh, Dangerous is three in the green for all creatures able to block target creature this turn do so. Now, the the key point here is you can target two different things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you can cast them both for six mana total. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea as Roar of the Challenge and Team or Battle Rage. It's just you Roar of the Challenge to this guy and Team or Battle Rage to this other guy. Yeah. 
And so you can set up a similar situation where it's like they left a bunch of blockers up and you're like, no, you're going to block this little dude and this double strike t- trampler guy or dr- double strike guy. He doesn't even need trample now. He's yeah, going to smack you and right. kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. Um, and it's another not expensive card. It's not even a rare. Yeah, exactly. It was out of gate crash. Um, one card that I uh, have recently become acquainted to more because I've been playing I a lot. I just bought like Craig. eight of them. Oh, actually, are you talking about Greater Good? Oh, you're not about to talk about that one? No, no, I'm, gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually talking about a card I added to this list last minute, and it's... Oh, the, oh I added a few you cards too, me. Jimmy. Okay, okay. Right, yeah. Right. It's the Chariot of Victory, which is a journey into Nick's uh, equipment. And the big thing about this is it costs three to put down, but the big one is, is Equip 1. And it gives three things that I think every EDH deck is always, like, frothing at the mouth to get, which is Equip Creature has First Strike, Trample, and Haste. You have all three of those things for one yeah. mana to equip it onto a creature, and like I feel like in this deck there are enough creatures that want that. Are you know because I think Zenigo's giving one creature haste is nice. Being able to just swing on someone else and just give two creatures going at the same time mm-hmm. feels like it's pretty powerful. Oh yeah, I remember seeing this card uh, during this uh, draft format and being like, it's like it's pretty good. It's not great in 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 this in this limited format, but mm-hmm. I feel like there's a bunch of commander decks that want this, and I think we found one here. Yeah. I it's another card that replaces Xenagos's effect also, yes, which I yeah, think, yeah. It, it, yeah. Right. you know, you might want one Always or two important. more of those. Um, the next card that I prematurely spoke of, and it's now also I Craig will, has yeah. forced us to both get Cherry to Victory. I had a couple of these, but you know, I just bought a ton of them because they're just super useful. Now, this one's not as cheap as the other one. This ones. is an I think expensive it's, card. It's yeah. not super expensive. I think it's like it's in the seven dollar range. I think. Seven dollars. Seven dollars. Yeah. Please. Oh, so boy. it may not be with I'd our theme bu- up till now. I'd rather buy lunch. But it is very good. Um, it's actually greater good. Yeah. It's two and two green <laughs> for an enchantment. It says sacrifice a creature. Draw cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power, then discard three cards. So it's the same effect yeah. as Momentous Fall, kind of. It doesn't give you the life, and you have to discard three. Boohoo! You draw on twenty-four. You're gonna uh, have to discard anyway. Right. But you can also do. It's just an effect that stays on the table, and you can do it at any time. And right. this is, this actually speed. goes really nice with the Might Makes Right because you can just steal their guy. Oh, exactly. Sack your guy. Exactly. Draw, draw cards. Yep. Yeah. Not it's, to mention it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, I know the price tag. It's probably like literally as expensive as a as what a fourth of the deck <laughs> but yeah, i'll never own it i will never own this card <laughs> oh man you and you're me we're on to, the same page but yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna have to draft uh what set is this jimmy ninth edition, uh, ninth edition or yeah, yeah to get oh, okay it. No, problem. no problem no problem we'll just start buying some ninth edition packs, <laughs> that's all. well the cool thing too about this is that not all decks are equipped to make full use of this you need green fatties or just giant creatures because discarding the three cards like it's say you you know sack a creature to draw two cards because it's a two two and you discard three cards it's like well yeah. you know not it doesn't do anything. If your hand's loaded, sure, like you just want more cards in your hand. But it's also like, I think the ability to discard cards is always uh, underrated because you have cards like Wonder or Anger or yeah. things that want to be in your Genesis that want to be in your recycling bin. Yeah, I call it recycling, recycling bin. Because, recycling yeah, I mean, bin. Because yeah, it's coming it. out. It's coming out. Yeah, it's just environmentally out. conscious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> precisely. So greater good is great. It's also just like. You know, someone blocks your guy and like, oh, they're going to path it. Now I'm just going to draw some cards instead. Yeah, it, we've talked about this many times. Just having a sack outlet on the table, even if it did oh, nothing yeah. else. Yeah, just to it stops sack. your guy from getting maybe tucked when he would have. It stops like them getting some effect because there's a lot of things where they kill your guy and do something else. And if, if you take the target away, they don't even get the added bonus. Yeah. yeah. So it's just very good to have a sack outlet. Now, this one just happens to draw you a ton of cards, maybe upwards of 20 in this deck. So yeah. it's just awesome anyway. So, yeah, I, I would say that's a it's an expensive one for what we're trying to do here, which is build a cheap deck. But it may 
may or may not be worth it. You can splurge on one or two. You Maybe know I'll, what I mean? Let's Brendan, be honest. You can splurge on one or two. I might have an extra one. For I just want to say. I just want to say the weirdest thing about this card is that the fla- uh, the flavor text is a quote from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. <laughs> it is, which you don't see a lot of real world <laughs> that's, references. Oh yeah, that's true. On magic, they used to do it more often. Yeah. I know. I know. They like used, Arabian Nights is all. It, actual, yeah, and yeah. there's some Shakespeare quotes I know yeah. on a couple, but it's just well. Now I have to read it. Yeah, what is it? To examine the causes of life, we must first have recovery recourse to death. Yeah. To examine the course the causes of life, we must first have recourse to death. To examine the courses of life, we first must have recourse to death. Oh crap. It's all it's <laughs> Let's all read it and try and make our own sense. Mary of it. Shelley was smart, man. I don't I can't. She's smart, yeah, exactly. use different words. She used smart words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I added one. Yeah, do it. You guys mind? Okay. No, I added one I think would be great. Um it's called Stronic Resonator. Oh, yes. And it's another kind of more of a recent card. And uh, what it is is it's an artifact. this is a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, this is an excellent idea. (laughs) It's a two-mana artifact, uh, colorless, of course. uh, And uh, the text is uh, pay two colorless and tap it. Copy target triggered ability you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. Who are you so, going to use this on, though? So oh, what right. would we ever use? The, you know <laughs> what I mean? What triggered abilities do we have? Well, obviously, Xenagos, that is a triggered ability. So if you have the guy you hasted and pumped last turn, and now you've played your new guy and you want to haste and pump him, well, guess what? You can do two. Everyone's invited well, to this party. You can just... No, just do the same guy. Just double up. Sure. So now too. you're doubling yeah. the guy that got doubled. Of course. So now you're quadrupling. So if Lots he's 10, he's 20, then he's 40. That's even yeah. better, really. Yeah. I mean, maybe. you're opening yourself up to like a removal spell, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So like, I like the... Like, if you, you want to swing at two people and kill two people at once, you might need to do it yeah. to someone else. Yeah. That's you know, if you really want to just good. kill two people. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think the base power of a deck is... Or not the base, but the max power of the deck is literally... When, when everything comes together, can you literally kill everyone at the table at yeah. once? And, and yeah. there's a, you need a few cards that can do it because you're just going to be in situations where like... I'm at three life. Yeah. And I can take somebody with me, but can I take all three guys with me? Yeah. You know, you just want to have that possibility. This um, is something that without going that. infinite. Uh, listen, in some playgroups, ours included. Infinite's fine, but in some it's not. But um, yeah, the, I the like Resonator that Strionic Resonator. That's yeah. a really good call. It's a great card in a lot of EDH decks. Basically, take a look so at this many. card, and if it fits in your deck, think about it because it's it's I, pretty yeah, I'm legit gonna have to get that card that yeah. is and th- th- that one's not even that expensive either no, you can cheap. find that uh on online for under a dollar even mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah, yeah so it's a bulk rare one. so um another thing i wanted to call out uh maybe the last thing i want to call out is uh just the bestow mechanic mm-hmm. right. something i was thinking about with this deck is in general you know playing your second big creature when you've already got one out unless you already have trample even if you do is not as effective as just continuing to make that one creature big, but you don't want to open yourself up unduly right. to removal. So playing something like Nylea's Emissary, which is a four mana, three, three, but it has bestow for five and a green. And what bestow means is it's a creature aura with, that adds three, three to something. And then Nylea's Emissary also gives it trample. Mm-hmm. And Nylea's, yeah. Nylea's Emissary itself has trample. So what you can do is you've got a 10, 10, put Nylee's Emissary on it, and now it's a 13-13 with Trample. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, the same as if you played your 3-3 off to the side of it, but it's also going to get the Xenagos bonus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then if they kill the creature, Nylee's Emissary jumps off, and at least you've still got... you still got a Trampler. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's you did have. This I did have yeah. this. I had a lot, quite a few bestow creatures in them, and then they, I ended up pulling all of them out because at six, I was like... Oh, it's six mana. It's gonna give the guy an extra six and his trample. Like that's good, but, but it's I was not like amazing. For, for six mana, 
I can probably put out another guy who's like I can put out a Hydra Omnivore for six, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and just do uh, like way more. So I was finding them to, that I was like I was I had them in my hand, but I never really wanted to even do it. I was like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't know. I'd rather just be. Doing I'd rather play. Yeah. I'd rather play any of these other cards or right. these other big guys who have their own effects that that come into the board and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, for sure, the, the, a couple of Bestow creatures were in the deck for. Yeah, they were in there for a bit. I remember yeah. they were tough to deal with. I think I would only put in the trample guy and maybe like Boon Seder. Boon Seder yeah. might be a little spendy, so that might go in, but because it's got flash and you might be able to get some. The thing is, get the someone f- with Boon Seder. Yeah, yeah, the flash you're not going to get uh, the Xenagos bonus. Yeah, yeah I mean, true. right. So well, it's... you could stack in this room, but you kind of lose the uh huh an extra four. Exactly, <laughs> it's going to be before blockers. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be before blockers. Yeah. Right, uh, if you want to get eight eight damage out of it but four more might be enough sometimes too um yeah. quickly before we do the next one one thing i wanted to say is I, I i noticed you don't really have very many dragons in this deck hey man scourge of the throne I know you've got a couple yep scourge but of the uh a good call, but actually. it's like you've we focused on a lot on tramplers and guys on the ground well mm-hmm. you've got access to red which is some of the some huge dragons and like i i mentioned earlier in the show the the, Have the you heard one, of the uh, tenant one? I think is great for this. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm very excited about the upcoming set too because there are quite a few red green flying creatures, and that's exactly like what's uh, uh, what's the green red Atarka? Atarka, yeah, Atarka. Atarka is a huge, oh. it's a beast mm. in this deck. Yeah, you know some of the dash um, dragons might be really good too. Interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, I know you're already giving haste, but you're just not leaving it out there to get killed. So it's like I don't think you care too much if you've got creatures out on the battlefield every turn. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be good to like. Dash out one of those big dragons. I don't know if there's a big red dash dragon. There's, though. I think there's a. I think the. Is there a red there's a red black? black one? There's a red yeah. black one. I think the new set may have a couple of other ones. I would keep um, my out if there's one big red dash dragon. It might be worth it just because. Be cool, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's just going to be like you're just keeping it out of sorcery yeah. speed removal range. Yeah, because he yeah. Turned, he's a six four with double strike and he turns into a twelve four no a twelve yeah. eight and then that. A twelve ten. Yeah, and then yeah. oh my gosh, it has trample though too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it also has trample. You need this card. Yeah, yeah. it's a good one. Um, I'm very excited. So, so let's talk about how to fight this deck, uh, disrupt this deck particularly. Um, gods, like we've been talking about, are they're hard to deal with, and they are just they're a pain in the butt. Really, if you're not if you don't have something in your deck to deal with it, and it's like Perforos is out. The timer's on, right? Everyone yeah. set the doomsday clock to six because that's how many turns we have left, or four, or whatever it is. Um, and that's why we have the wonderful word called tuck or exile and things that get rid of enchantments specifically. So chaos warp is one of my all go-to favorites for this. Um, chaos warp is extremely good. If you're playing red, too. you need to have it in there. It deals with almost anything in a yeah. way that's really hard for our format to deal with. You know, mm-hmm. it's better than exile because if you need to exile a commander, then they put it back in the command zone. Yeah. But putting that commander back into their deck somewhere and, Oof. you know, like Chaos Warp, there's a downside. They could draw it, but the chances are really slim of that happening. Yeah. Uh, let's read Chaos Warp really quick for those that Oh, don't yeah, know sure. Jimmy. So Chaos Warp is two and a red for an instant in red. And uh, the reason that Chaos Warp is so great is because it's just not an effect you see in red ever. Um, it's the owner of target permanent shuffles it into his or her library, then reveals the top card of their library. If it's a permanent card, they put it onto the battlefield. So you're essentially just t- turning in one thing and then pulling out whatever else is on top, and hopefully it's not a permanent. But sometimes you can Chaos Warp something and actually get it back that same I've turn. I've seen that happen like once ever. Yeah, but mm-hmm. most times like you're hitting a land, you're hitting a spell, you're hitting a creature. But for the most part, 
you're very happy to pay three man to turn whatever that opponent has into something that's way less well, powerful. Well, something like 50% of the time, they flip over their top card, it's a land. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, it's not their general, which their whole deck is built around. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you don't care what that card is. Even if it's the next worst card in their deck, it's still better than their general being on the table. Yep. And this deck in, in particular is very focused around having Xenagos out. I mean, if Xenagos isn't out, if I'm guessing isn't out, I'm not winning. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you may that, not be losing, but you're certainly not winning. Certainly yeah. not winning. Um, so that's a good one. I'm going to mention Oblation really quick, which is just a white version of Chaos Warp. It mm-hmm. does the exact same thing, except for instead of the flip the permanent thing, it, it, it you just draw two cards, or the person who got their thing tucked draws two cards. So two and a white, instant, the owner of target non-land permanent shuffles it into her library, then draws two cards. Yeah, the then, upsides here are much better than the downsides. Yeah, I believe that's in the new, the white yes, uh, 2014 Commanders. Mm-hmm. Same and, with Chaos Warp. Yeah. Yep, and mm-hmm. it's just getting to the point with the gods that I think that Oblation and Chaos Warp are actually, like Oblation's almost as better than Path to Exile now. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Yeah. Um, I mean, Path to Exile only costs one mana. That's what it's got going for it. But Oblation actually deals with things in a way that's better than Exile. Like, yeah. Path to Exile does nothing against the gods, and there's so many gods running around as commanders right now, and they're so powerful. And it takes it takes Path to Exile and turns it into a, like almost like a normal removal spell, which is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's uh, a couple blue cards which I've been using in my decks that uh, because our beta is filled with gods, we have mm-hmm. our, our other friend ha- has a Phoenix deck as well, right? So uh, it's called Void Stalker. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Um, now, now this one only works if their uh, god is a creature. So if you can somehow like trick them into um, into becoming a creature, uh, Voidstalker <laughs> is a creature, is elemental, it's one in a blue, uh, has the activated ability of uh, two in a blue, tap it, put Voidstalker and target creature on top of their owner's libraries, then those players shuffle their libraries. Yeah. So Oof. see you you're, later. You're tucking, you're tucking something. The yeah. great thing is if you're if you're running blue and if you're running something with a lot of blink, uh, maybe uh, you can actually put Voidstalker's ability on the stack, blink him, bring him back on yep. your side. And then only your opponent's creature will get shuffled. Well, then in. you get to tuck something next turn and exactly. next turn and next Keep turn. Yeah, well, it's pretty great. If it great. comes into play untapped, you can just do it again. <laughs> That's true. Well, well no, it'll, it'll have, have some sickness. Yeah. But if you oh, have haste, right, if right, you have haste right. gotcha. you'd have to be able to flicker it again. It, yeah, you could do crazy things, I yes. think. Yes. It's, it's, honestly, I'm surprised I don't see it in more Commander yeah, decks. I, yeah, I, I, it's I a great card. There. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, the other one I'd point out is Utter End. Which is just a card I think is just going to go up and up in value. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It's just uh, two a white and a black, and it just exile target online permanent at instant speed. at instant speed. So yeah. it's vindicate, but it can't hit lands, but it's instant and not sorcery. So people have been arguing about like which one's better. I think most of the time you just want both if you can. But yeah. vindicate costs like fifteen bucks, and utter end costs eighty five cents. So yeah, it's that's just, my kind of card. Yeah, exactly. You want to so, be exiling yeah. stuff too. <laughs> now, now that's just going to deal with Xenagos for now. Right. But you can mm-hmm. usually, like, he casts, you know, Ghoul Tree, uh, or I'm just using that one, but Hydra Omnivore, and then he's, like, about to go to combat, and you can exile Xenagos so that he never gets the haste and the plus whatever, plus whatever. Right. And then, he, right. yeah, he's going to cast Xenagos next turn, mm-hmm. but that gives the table one entire rotation to deal with this, or you to get ready or whatever, mm-hmm. which oftentimes is enough to sort of really mitigate what's going to happen. This just came to my mind, but you know what's an, uh, a thing that they're doing now with the with the uh, Fate Reforged and uh, Dragons uh, already court uh, Abzan Advantage is mm-hmm. an, is, mm-hmm. a, is a interesting card. Uh, they have to oh, sacrifice right. have to sacrifice, sacrifice an enchantment. Yeah. yeah, that would work. It would totally work. And there's an, Erase is a card that's recently Deicide is mm-hmm. another one. Mm-hmm. They put in they put in cards to deal with the indestructible enchantments because 
up until before, like a couple of years ago, there was not very many cards that exiled an enchantment because oh, you yeah. didn't ever need to because they didn't really have indestructible enchantments. So, yeah. you know, they're coming out with more. But I think, you know, you want a card in your deck like Chaos Warp, Oblation, Utter End that also deals with other permanents. Right. Because right. you don't want to ha- be like, well, I'm not playing against a god deck, so this card is just absolutely worthless, <laughs> you know. So I, I would I would steer towards cards that have, like, more versatility. Um, so that's something to deal with the commander. The next section I would say was just stuff that stops things from attacking is yeah. really powerful because mm-hmm. this deck is just going to try and hit you with one or two creatures. So... We've talked about these cards a lot. I won't read them, but like Ghostly Prison, Propaganda, Collective Restraint, right. um, Megas only... of the Moat, Peacekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. They st- either people don't get to attack at all, they can only uh, attack with things that fly, or they have to pay mana when they attack. Because this is yeah. a mana-hungry deck. Like, yeah. It's going to play a big creature and on the same turn want to attack with it. Yeah. Well, it usually used all its mana to place the big creature. And all of a sudden, like if you have propaganda out it, a lot of times i notice you don't have two extra mana to right. attack me oh yeah. for sure and that's the best case scenario actually because now he can still attack the other guys yeah, yeah. exactly so it's like you're turning this thing that should be a threat to you into like something that's actually kind of on your side well yeah the big thing is, is like if you attack someone else and you can't kill them you're you have to keep going after them and strategically it's the most sound thing for you to do is to take one person out at a time instead of building you know like taking three people somewhat down and having everyone just be angry at you <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like Craig says, like you know, you gotta be like that dog. You gotta like once you got your your mouth on the throat, you just yeah, can't let like, go. Yeah, can't yeah. Yeah. Step on his neck, Homer yeah. Simpson. Yeah. Um, it's really just about that one like deflection, just moving it across from you to someone else that one time, and it's worth it for the rest of the game. Once, I'm I'm really actually quite poor at that too because I always <laughs> I always take a big swing at someone and I'll go like, cool, swing at them for a lot. Anyways, I'll focus my attention elsewhere now, and I'm like, why am I doing that? No, now you just made one guy mad. Yeah. One thing I will say is uh, we see quite a few of these types of effects, and I've noticed that your deck actually deals with them pretty well. Uh, we've we've had to deal with uh, propaganda a bunch, mm-hmm. and. You, you propaganda very prevalent in our meta. Very prevalent. Mm-hmm. So, so I've noticed that you sometimes, like most times, will only swing at the one big dude because that's yeah. all you need to do. And you know, paying paying the extra two mana sometimes not is not a big deal. It's right. not like he's attacking with ten creatures, right? Especially you, if you're ramping the entire time. As exactly. Well. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, it might be it, the turn it comes out. Maybe you don't do that, but that guy's still going to be out there. Yeah. And you know, potentially the next turn you could have an extra two mana up because of exploration right. and stuff like that. You're pumping out too, anyways. One thing that really hosed you uh, in the game that uh, you Scott and I played before we came here to play with you guys is I had a card called Azorius Guildmage out, and uh, it's a, it's a hybrid blue white. Um, it's a creature. It's a two two. It has two abilities on it. One is like Tuna Blue counteract uh, activated ability. The other is Tuna White tap target creature. Yep. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Just turn tap off target creature. Dude. And I just kept tapping yep. Brendan's. You know, because because um, it's beginning of combat, right? So yep. it's yep. before he declares attacker. So he goes beginning of combat. Okay, I'll pump this guy, and I go Tuna White tap it. Peace. Like done. You yeah. just wasted your whole ability. Yep. Citadel Siege. Citadel Siege. Yes. Yeah. Citadel mm-hmm. Siege is a new card that would really shut down. Do you have to deck. tap that at combat? It's beginning of combat. Oh, perfect. Yeah. 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 Um, there's uh this actually kind of leads into the next category which i called just stuff that stops mm-hmm. haste yeah and just like blind obedience frozen ether um kismet all of that will tap your stuff this is all stuff that m- means your opponent's things come into play already tapped right yeah and that's just another thing you know with decks like this i'm usually trying to just stop that that out of nowhere haymaker you know hopefully if you've built your built your deck correctly once you have time to untap your mana get everything situated you're you're hopefully okay 
you know, you can keep a blocker up where you maybe didn't have one ready or a couple of blockers or you can like leave your mana open because you didn't know two before, you know. And, yeah. And this sort of gives you that one turn where it's like, okay, there's still a big creature there, but now I'm ready to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You Sometimes know, you that's just the scary that thing turn. about haste. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll just board wipe, you know, and just mm-hmm. like we'll, we'll push it to one more turn. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I think those effects, again... They're just gonna. They're just gonna halt it. Yeah. They're not gonna like. Sh- these aren't. These aren't effects that are like your deck's done. It can't do anything. It's just like okay, we're just giving ourselves enough time to have a chance against it. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing here, of course, is just instant speed, targeted removal, swords to plowshares, uh, path to exile, anything that can get rid of like. All right, I pump this guy. I, like I'm going in all the way, and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, no blockage. You're like, all right, I'm gonna pump again with another spell. You're like, all right, boom, path to exile. You know, just like. Something that can just easily just sort of like the swift, you know, samurai sword just cuts off the uh, the head of the whatever the attacking enemy. It's like, oh, I'm safe, I'm good. Got rid of the one big thing that I needed to, so I'm good for now. It's also really good against this deck because, listen, you're going to begin combat. I don't know who you're attacking. Mm-hmm. If you're going to swing an Andy for 24, I'm super happy about it. So I don't actually want to kill that thing if I don't yeah. have to because yeah. you're just helping me. But if you happen to say, you know, look at me and send that thing my way, then oh, well now I'm going to path it. So that's sort of the versatility that that gives you is it like, hey, I'm going to just let you go if you're going to if you're going to wail on that other guy. But if it's at me, then all of a sudden you hit the kill switch. Yeah. yeah. And (laughs) you can also use that to your advantage by just like show it to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just be like, hey, listen, do you want (laughs) to do you want to do some damage or no damage? It's your call because the some damage just won't be to me. Source of plowshares. See, has see the, how he's talking right now? I know. See right how now he just he's convinces right. you. Yeah. We're not even playing, but I'm like, well, okay, I won't Whoa. attack you. <laughs> Source of plowshares has the added uh, bonus, though, for Brennan. It's like, oh, well, then I just gained you 50 life. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. Yeah. And that's happened before, and it sucks. <laughs> well, you know, another way to disrupt the deck, I guess, is just have Josh talk to you for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you have effectively de- dodged it. Um, like so, saying, I know I'm out in the parking lot. I don't yeah. know where I am. Speaking of dodging disruption, that is our final category for this deck, is just how to get around these certain things um and i like the first category here just because it's it is really so important and just tutoring just yeah, being able yeah. to get the answer you need to stop something when you know it's happening or you're like oh this person's playing these colors this is what can really house me like i need to get get a way to get that into my hand or, or just your just as Zenigos. i mean this deck is so focused around its commander that you know you don't want it to be in a situation where they chaos warp Zenigos and you're you're you might as well just concede you yeah, want to yeah. be like oh well I can draw Xenagos, I can draw Worldly Tutor, I can draw, you know, Fauna Shaman, I can draw whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Primal th- Command. Yeah, there's four yeah, or exactly. five cards, uh, or that, that what was that one card we couldn't pronounce, that guy that goes and finds Mulanvoli. Mulanvoli. That guy, you know, so yeah, you just want to have a chance to draw something that gets you Xenagos, you know, when it gets stuck. So I think that's the way around the Chaos Warps and stuff. The second is just Mass Enchantment or Artifact Disruption, because... You know, if they're going to be playing propagandas and blind obediences and a bunch of stuff like that, then you're going to want back to nature. Mm-hmm. You know, the great thing is this deck doesn't have a lot of enchantments. So back yeah. to nature is one in a green for an instant destroy all enchantments. Well, Except that's not going to destroy Xenagos mm-hmm. and yeah. you don't have any other enchantments really. So all of a sudden you're just going to wipe every and enchantments are so powerful in EDH anyway yeah. that anytime I've got a deck where I don't have a certain category like artifacts enchantments whatever then i want stuff that kills all of that category because oh, yeah. it doesn't oh, hurt point. me at all yep yeah it's uh, it's it's actually like another reason why i mean i know these aren't really the colors for it but board wipes actually are a really good idea for mm-hmm. a deck like this i know of your haste and, and yeah. also because of your your general right yeah. like i have an afara deck that's just like i'll board wipe at any time because you guys all have nothing and i, I still, still have, have my something. general yeah. Yeah. it's great yeah it's a really good point 
Um, Vandal Blast is another one. You don't have a ton of artifacts. Uh, Overload. And artifacts are going to be some of those things where, you know, artifacts are the type of things that can can just stop all attacks. What's that white creature, that Archon? Uh, Blazing Archon or something? You just can't be attacked? Yes, you can't. Like, oh, you can't, right. Yeah, yeah. It just stops yeah. attacks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, there's, white has a lot of effects like that, so just being able to just <laughs> blow it all up is mm-hmm. pretty can be good. Again, you know, you want to be careful... I'm get, we're notice we're going to mention all this stuff that dodges their disruption, but the deck needs a lot of creatures. That balance, you don't want to like shove in a ton of this stuff, and all of a sudden, s- like hyper specific, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. all of a yeah. sudden, situational, yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, your deck is can like deal with all these things, and it can't do what it's supposed to do, yeah, which is bash in with big creatures. So mm-hmm. we're 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 playing with five six slots in the deck total mm-hmm. here. You know, yeah. uh, tutors are always good because they are a creature. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what they're going to go find, so that's fine. But the, as far as like mass enchantment, artifact, fact disruption, one or two, you know, not a lot. But but you want to have a chance against those things that could sh- potentially just shut you totally out of the game. Um, oh, and the last one is just stuff that stops target removal. Your archetype of um, endurance, yep, is yeah. one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it might be worth it to put maybe one more asceticism. Yeah, asceticism, not cheap. Yeah, creatures. It says creatures you control can't be the targets of spells or abilities your opponents control. It's just been amended. Oh, so creatures you control yeah. have hexproof, and then one in the green regenerate target creature. That's amazing. One in the green for do that to do that to anything on your board or someone else's board. Mm-hmm. You have to play the politic game. It's it's pretty. Yeah, actually, pretty I've seen important. asceticism used a lot to regenerate somebody else's creature in exchange yeah. for another favor. Oh, like, yeah. hey, I can save that thing. You know, but I, you know, can you do this for me? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, X-proof is very important in this deck, and it's something that you really don't get as much in these colors, I don't think. No. Um, so it is nice, again, like blanket effects to say this is just because every creature you control hexproof. That's ugh, that's that's good. <laughs> so really quick, Brandon, yes. now that we're wrapping up, okay, do you want to tell us just sort of how this deck plays, what your general strategy is, like what are you thinking while while you're playing? Uh, most well, mostly what we've been talking about. Like it, it, this deck plays really fun like it's really fun because it's like it's kind of this um throwback deck where it's like magic is is kind of just you know traditionally is like okay i'm going to put down a creature and then i'm going to attack with it and then that's the the way the game goes back and forth you know at this very base level and you just feel like you're going back and doing this very base level thing mm-hmm. where um you know a lot of commander ends up being with like s- certain interactions and can i get this engine going and i put right. down these pieces and then i'm i'm just cranking away and i'm churning this thing and it's it's super fun to just sometimes just go back and go like here's a big dumb idiot he's coming <laughs> at you can you deal with this immediate threat in front of your face yeah. what will your gifts do you know what yeah, your, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. your tinkering do now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so it was super fun that way. And then, yeah, it's just trying to put down uh, big creatures. And then also, like, one or two things, like a Warstorm Surge or, like, a, uh, you know, like the, the Mage Slayer to just, you know, offset. Just to get it through. And yeah. get extra stuff in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's kind of, it's really straightforward, basic idea. It's, it's got one idea in it, really. I've seen this deck either dominate so hard yeah. that no one had a chance to do anything or just, like, get really hosed and watch you just get frustrated for the whole game. Oh, yeah, definitely. If you if you, if you get mana screwed, this deck yeah. sucks. Yeah, well, most, that, most yeah. decks do. There's very yeah. few that... I think yeah. this one in particular punishes you for stumbling because you're trying to put other people on the back foot, and as soon as you're put on the back foot and people are able to be like, alright, cool, like let's start picking off his creatures one by one. Mm. 
then you're in a bit of a more dangerous position. I don't but know, it still I, has the ability. But to it still has the ability to like. Nowhere. It's yeah. kind of like Rocky, where he just gets yes. hit a whole bunch, and then yeah. all of a sudden he just lands a punch, and you're like, "Whoa!" What yeah, you, you can't like let up on Brendan when he's playing this deck, right? You might like you might be like, "Oh, he's getting land like land screwed. Like, let's not attack him right now." <laughs> he's getting land screwed, and then like, it's like he drops ready. one, and then bam, he's in with twelve, twelve, and you're like, "I only had twelve life. Mm. Like, it's over." Yeah, yeah. That it reminded me of just throwing haymakers. That's just yeah. what the deck was doing, and and even when there was nothing else on the board, and I'm looking at him like. Nope, he could literally just kill yeah. these two people. Like, yeah. if he just happens to draw, you know, even with zero cards in hand, mm. it's like, well, if he just draws a creature that's 8-8 eight, eight or bigger, then some, then one of these two people are dead because they just, you know, they don't have a creature and they don't appear to have any way to deal with it. I yeah. mean, unless they have instant speed removal, they're just like hoping he doesn't top deck something. So it's it's a lot of good fun. I mean, it also changes the way the whole table has to oh, play. Oh, absolutely. Like, like yeah. this general can uh, like attract a lot of attention too, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like Nekusar when you say like, People will just attack you because they know it's coming, mm-hmm. right? Well, mm-hmm. you see Xenagos out there. It's like I can't deal with that as a as a card itself. And then I know I know what you have in there. You must have a bunch of huge monsters, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not hard to get it going. Exactly. So yeah. it, it could like it can uh, uh, end up with you getting ganged up on early because they don't want to see these monsters come at them, right? I've seen that happen too, and well, you but know then what? I just get Josh to do all my talking for me, and everything's yeah, fine. And then it's good. fine. That's those are situations you can definitely talk yourself out of. <laughs> <laughs> I actually build my decks towards that. It's true, now. you totally can. I build my decks towards like, like, oh, I don't need a lot of stuff early. I'll just, I'll just talk people out of attacking me early. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't need any three drops. We're on to you, now. <laughs> Josh is all about those words, and it's uh, helped him. But you know what, Josh? I was going to say this at the beginning of the episode. I see right through. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or maybe I don't. And now we do, too. Yeah, yeah there we go. Um, All right. It was fun to do a commander, too, that is cheap. Like, anybody can go oh, out right. and build this deck. And, you know, you can... Like, we've, we try and do this, but mm-hmm. we've talked recently about some more expensive decks. And this is definitely one you can go out. And, man, it was competitive with my Nekusar deck, which is probably a $2,000 deck. Like... Yeah. yeah. Pardon me. Pardon me. Well, I mean, Excuse I didn't spend that amount of money, but it's got ten dual lands in it. So yeah, how much is that's that? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I mean, that's like I had those from the old days, but that the deck value is there, and and that deck was scary. Like it literally, I don't, know, I don't remember if you killed me or he not, won. but yeah, won you the, won that game. Yeah. So yeah. that like that's pretty that's pretty high praise. Like the deck can sit down. It's probably 50, 60 bucks, and it can definitely swing with the big boys. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, it's I, rocky, man. Yeah. So I would say like this is a good one to look at if you're looking for a, a budget deck that you want to be competitive and yeah. it's totally fun so if you're a timmy this is your deck yeah it's definitely a timmy deck. and you can build a dragon tr- dragon tribal and stuff too you can just oh, yeah. go any different direction with it which is great um the, the colors red green are also great for tokens you know you can find ways of just getting getting stuff in there that's that's just oh man there's so many different ways to build this deck and i can imagine one that just overwhelms in more ways than one mm-hmm Especially in these colors. The new set coming out too looks great for this deck too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Very oh absolutely. Because you're gonna yeah. have flyers in green. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like yeah. normally that was probably the the thing that kept this deck a little bit in check is mm-hmm. like yeah, trample is good, but it's not as good as flying mm-hmm. right. because mm-hmm. flying is just like hey, you can't block any of the damage if you don't have a flyer. Yeah. And looking around the table at any given commander game at any moment, there's usually you're lucky if ever like never does every player have a flyer. Yeah. So everyone's got their little tappy dudes that do silly tappy. They're things. doing crazy stuff, and one guy's got a flyer, and you're like, well, I just want to attack that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, let's move on to the end step. All right, that this about is, wraps it up yeah. for us. We this got... is the part of the show where we talk about something cool outside of the world of magic. Yeah. I don't... There's nothing. There's, is there something out <laughs> yeah, there? And we're moving anything? on to the end of that. That's it, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, da, 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 da. 
So, Jimmy, do you have a cool thing? I do, actually. It's also a card game. So it's in the same realm, but it's different slightly. It's called Star Realms, and it's something that uh, exists both on paper and online for Android, for your phone, for Mac and PC. And it's actually built by Magic Hall of Famers Darwin Castle and Rob Doherty. Uh, And Rob Doherty also created Ascension, which is another deck-building game. And this is essentially spaceship combat in space. Uh, There are four... Uh, you essentially have a, a group of cards in the middle, and you have money, and you have cards that attack the other player. You have fifty life. You buy the cards in the middle, you shuffle it back into your deck, and you draw it each time. And you start mm. with five. Uh, you start with ten cards, and your deck by the end is about twenty or so. And you're essentially creating your own strategy based of what's on the board. And that's why I love deck building games, is because every single time it's completely different. It's built on uh, what is in front of you, because that could be different every single time too. So it's it's really interesting to try and build a strategy for a game that has so much variance in it. And it's a ton of fun because you can also play online. So if you guys want to find me online, my username is JF Wong, which is the same as my Twitter. And we can play a match in like 10 minutes. Cool. And it's great. Cool. You just sit down and play it and you're done. You can do it on your phone or whatever. And it's a bunch of fun, really deep gameplay. I've been playing a bunch with Gavin recently, actually, and he is destroying I'm me. I'm sure he's very good at it yeah. because Gavin tends to be you know, good at these type of things. <laughs> uh, how about you guys? You got anything cool outside the world of magic to, that's going on? Well, you can always go to check out Space Janitors at spacejanitors.com and, at, of course, at uh, Geek and Sundry uh, on YouTube. Uh, look us up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me and Andy just uh, shot a, a promo video for Geek and Sundry for their International Tabletop Day, which is coming up. Oh, right. Uh, Very cool. The, the uh, video is all about the game Flux. Excellent. That's right. Yeah, we uh, that was a fun time. That, that was, was a fun time. time. So that'll be coming out. That should be good. Should yeah, be fun. Should be fun. Uh, also, I uh, am the co-host and producer of, a, of another podcast. Uh, called the first time ever podcast with Norm Souza, <laughs> and that's my co-host and our and uh, mine and Brendan's good friend Norm Souza. Um, if you're the co-host, I'm the I know people have said this before. You but should really have. Uh, really not should be with Norman. Listen, let's bring Norman here and have him talk about. It. No, I, it's you know what uh, the like uh, the following is like. It's mostly like Norm had a podcast before, so a mm-hmm. lot of people are left over from that. So really, it's like his podcast that I got him to 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 restart again and make it only about this thing where what it is, is we take people who uh, have never seen maybe like a, um, a, a really popular movie or something and we'll watch it with them and then talk about it after. Yep. Oh, and I'm actually coming on to the show very cool. soon. Jimmy will be on the show uh, yeah. coming up soon. So uh, oh, my invitation must've got left in the mail. Josh, hmm? I was going to invite you next. Josh, worry. <laughs> Josh talked his way out of it. Actually, <laughs> <at the table. laughs> my table politics. The other we, yeah, We're exactly. Exactly. You. Screw you, pal. <laughs> That's how it works. But yeah, it's the uh, first yeah. time ever. Check it you'll, out. You'll be on the uh, you'll be on the podcast when you show up for season four of Space Channel. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And as always, all the links for all this stuff is in the uh, more info box below on YouTube and also the show notes. So it's all there, and we'll tweet it all out as well. Uh, uh, and I actually have another book. I guess oh, I read nice. a lot because um, there's a book called The Skull Throne. It's by an author called Peter V. Brett, and it's actually the fourth in a series. So I just wanted to give everybody enough lead time to read the previous the three Demon Cycle because series. it comes out on Mar- at the end of this month. The Skull Throne does. So the first book is called The Painted Man. The second is called The oh, Desert right. Spear. And the last is called The Daylight War. I'm sorry. Actually, The Painted Man was called The Warded Man when the I read Warded it. Warded Man. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe I'm reading the, the European titles. It's The Warded Man, The Desert Spear, The Daylight War. Very cool books. They're set in a fantasy realm. I won't get into it too much. But if you've liked the other books that we've talked about, and I know a lot of people read The Magician. Some mm-hmm. people read Red Rising. I've talked about a few others. Uh, this book is definitely on par with all that stuff. So it'd be something to check out. Sweet. Again, it's called The Skull Throne, Peter V. Brett. And, you know... 
you every pro- you probably want to read the other ones in the series. The covers to all these books look like magic cards. They look like magic cards. I was just going to say yeah, that. Yeah. It might yeah. be a reason I was drawn to Although I bought it on Kindle and never saw the cover, so never mind. But you thought about magic stuff when you were reading it, right? Of course. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's like demons and swords and magic, and that of course. Is, that's a magic card. That yeah. is a the magic Skull card. Throne cover is straight yeah. up. The yeah. Skull <laughs> Throne cover yeah. looks like Anna Fenza or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely looks like Obzon. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right, um, guys. Uh, one more time. At Space Janitors on Twitter. Mm-hmm. At Space Janitors. At Brendo Halloran. And at Andy Holbone. Andy Hullbone, that's right. That's my weird uh, nickname from uh, our sketch troupe that we were in. So. We used to like <laughs> to put bone on the end of everyone's yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty good. All right. Um, um, you guys can find their stuff at geekandsundry.com, yeah. or you can just go to spacechanders.com, or youtube.com slash spacechanders, or youtube.com slash geekandsundry. <laughs> it's all there. The Highly whole recommended. Definitely yes. check out this series. Especially if you're a fan of Star Wars. Especially. But even if you're not, like, it's damn funny. Like, just general sci-fi. Just check it out. Yeah, good. it's yeah, great. Definitely. Um, so definitely don't miss that. I did want to say uh, thanks to everybody who's been uh, giving us reviews on iTunes. Um, that's really nice. And if you haven't hit subscribe button yet, help us out. Hit that subscribe button. Yeah. Button. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you. You stole my lunch. Oh, I did. Peace. Uh, and love. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.